Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everyone. We have a very special third or fourth time guest. I believe third. We got the legend, <laughs> Triple X, the Mule Deer Master, <laughs> Triple X, Mike Duplan. What's I up? think it's Double X. Um, well, except for January after Christmas <laughs> cookie season. We have a oh, special shit. tall man <laughs> chair in here for him. Yeah, no shit. That movie Triple X was horrible with Vin Diesel. Uh, there, there were several of them. I think. I've Every movie he's been in is horrible, except for that sci-fi movie with them lizard bats. That yeah, that was good. Pitch Black. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That what about Fast and the Furious? Not, not so much. Um, Which one? <laughs> yeah, no, Fast and Furious thirty-seven. You said that like I hope I mean, he likes that one. The first one was alright, wasn't it? Yeah, they're all okay if you're into that thing, but it's a bit far-fetched at times. Certain parts of it, but if you're into fast little. Remember that uh, Real American Muscle with the cat? Have you ever seen that little meme thing where the cat's doing the the jap burner and the fuck bop, 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 sounds like a bee farting in a pop can? No. If I you're into that. that thing, you know, if you're into those cars, I'm sure it's good, but not so much for me. Yeah, there's a lot of things I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know all the cool kids on social media. People ask me, do you know him? I'm like, no. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. You'll catch up. <laughs> Who are the coolest kids on social media right now? I thought about uh, that. I don't know, but I heard it's fireball season again. Mm. Someone sent me that yesterday. Yeah. I got that yeah, same text. That's, that's I would imagine cool. the inner circle of guys like us all got the fireball text yesterday. Yes. It's just like, thanks, man. Appreciate it's that. Nothing negative for you, Hushin followers. I don't want to get any shit, but it was just Chester holding the fireball and it said, be prepared, it's fireball season or something like that. That's <laughs> what it was. But um, definitely the Hushin crew is, they got a good following. Yeah. I, That's uh, nice. Yeah, I don't follow them, so I don't, I don't mm-hmm. pay, pay attention. But so hey. I, hear, I hear you're going to be a rifle hunter. I am going to try. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot the wolf. Shot the wolf with a rifle. I shot a moose, the grizzly. I shot a black bear. Long time ago, at about twenty yards with a rifle. You have thousands <laughs> of listeners right there. Finally, they're going to talk about rifle hunting instead of fucking broadheads. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Foc and arrows. The uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, we talked about it before. I don't mind gun hunting. I just, if I had to, you know, if I was running out of shit to hunt and could go on gun hunts, I'd gun hunt more, but we can fill up the whole season with bow hunts pretty easy. So Some of your faithful hunting. folks might say, why not just take your bow? Yeah. I, I, I said that once. I said, uh, people that only bow hunt are full of shit. I know what I meant to say is people that brag about only bow hunting. Are oh, full yeah. Of shit. oh yeah. Cause I made funny about Randy. Randy's got. Is it five? Five sheep hunts with a bow. Hasn't grabbed a gun. Five doll sheep hunts. Randy who? Cooling. Uh, oh. Cooling. He's a okay. uh, out of Michigan. Super cool dude. He's got a, he just, he shot his bighorn, you know, 18 uh-huh. years. And last day cranked his bighorn with a gun. And he just didn't, you know, he's like, ah, I just want to kill a doll with a, with a bow. Now it's like, it, it's a matter of, uh what's the word? Will and determination. Like he's yeah. going to get it done with a bow one way or another. So, when I came in this morning, you, we started talking about the gun, and so I saw yesterday on your, or actually it was on Viking Armaments' uh, social media post about the gun they built you, and it's exact same as mine other than the paint job. So I got the the plain titanium finish, and you got the camo. Yeah. So I'm really excited about mine. So for those that don't know, Viking Armaments, a, a small gun builder in Grand Junction, and I think they built you one, didn't they? Uh, no, mm-hmm. no. I have a couple. Oh, you got an XLR, XLR chassis. chassis yeah. yeah, 
So they're badass. Yeah, I'm I'm excited just because something new and and I'll go on a gun hunt, you know, once or twice a year whenever it whenever it fits. I think we're gonna do an elk hunt um, together in in uh, in Utah, and then you know in the te- Texas or whatever, there's not a lot of law down there. So, you know, any, se- I mean, there is a bow season and a gun season, but it's not going to hurt my feelings to grab and crank something out there with mm-hmm. a gun down there too. But Well, I'm going doll sheep hunting in September and I'm going to bring it. So yeah. Um, people are probably wondering right now, well, what are you guys getting? So I, I would ask you, but you don't know. I, 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 but I know <laughs> what I'm getting and, and they're exactly the same. So what's the action? Do they make that PRC, uh, I think it's a defiance action and a proof barrel and we're getting 20 inch barrels, yeah. which is going to reduce some velocity. And I know there's some number crunchers that are like, Oh, you guys should have 24 inch barrels. You're going to get more velocity, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, this thing has a folding stock and folded. It's 30.75 inches. That long. was one of the big things I liked yeah. most about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're actually coming on the podcast tomorrow. Yeah. I've been talking to Grant about that. So is he uh, coming? think so him and matt i think are both crazy son of a bitch (laughs) grant's funny yeah he is so magnesium uh alloy chassis yeah super lightweight i can't remember what trigger it is but trigger tech maybe yeah really cool trigger um i'm putting a loophole vx6 hd 3 to 18 by 44 fire dot on mine i think i put a five on mine i could be totally full of shit because i really just said call reza and you know, let her know that you're building me a, a gun. And, Put and, a Mark uh, Five on it. I think so. Yeah, I'm a low tech redneck. Like for me, when you're shooting shit with a stick, if I get within 300, like she's like, "Do you want turrets?" And I'm like, "I mean, maybe." You not. want turrets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole reason you're getting that gun. Yeah. Well, so. she she's like, "How far are you going to shoot?" And I'm like, "Well, I think that gun can shoot quite far." So I I said, "Really, I should probably." I said, I "Whatever, pinch and Frank, whatever." fuck around with the turrets because i tell my first turret story so uh hunting black bear with avery the first gun was um 10 moa per full Mm -hmm. crank and then the gun he left me with uh now i ate some kind of burger or something in the airport my gallbladder acted up i i couldn't sleep the plane was delayed he drops me off of the trailhead at two in the morning um you know gun pack mm-hmm. head in here so i backpack in next morning bear comes out 800 yards and i've got the um rangefinder tells me what to to dial everything into like whatever so i i don't look at the scope i just do a full crank and a full crank and then add whatever it told me thinking it was 10 for full crank not 24 moa just freaking winging it i did uh first shot like four feet over its back yeah. i'm like Oh, fuck, I'm way better shot than this. So second shot, same thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stop shooting. Well, I had like eight MOA more. So whatever that is at 800 yards, I was firing over its back. And so it gets worse. Um, we go white, we're, he's moose hunting. I got a whitetail tag, Northern Idaho. And I, I backpack, I pack way in. And for whatever reason, I go out the, the tent, the, the wall tent that morning. It's snowing like a bitch. They're like, hey, make sure you zero out the scope. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because we'd taken some far shots the day before. So I, I look and there's like, I don't know, whatever, cranked on. The, so anyways, it's, it's got to stop for the elevation, right? You just crank it back down and it's got to yeah, zero. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, for whatever reason, because I'm, you know, borderline special needs with the gun, I start cranking on the windage. <laughs> oh. Like, zzz, zzz, zzz. And I'm like, wait a minute, that didn't make any sense, because there's no, there's no left, there's no stop on this. I'm like, ah, I think I cranked it back this much. And so I get up there, and there's a donkey of a whitetail chasing does. And I, I, I text, and I'm like, hey, what's the windage zeroed at? And they're like, it's zeroed at where it's zeroed. I'm like, do you have any mark on this thing that I don't see or something? And I'm sure they're wondering what the hell's going on. So I call them, and I'm like, hey, I, I fucked up. <laughs> I said, I started cranking on that thing when you said make sure and zero out, you know, or whatever the, the, the elevation. And I, for whatever reason, cranked on the windage. And so I fire, and I'm not, I don't even know where the bullet hit the first time. So I, I shoot again. It looked like Al-Qaeda invaded. I've got rounds. I should have stopped shooting around me. I was 11 feet off is what they figured out when they zeroed it back in. So I learned that I probably should just, um, you know. Learn that you should learn. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, that's what I was, what I was talking to guys about this just because, you know, gun works hands you a gun and a rangefinder and says it's accurate to a thousand yards. Certainly doesn't mean you should be shooting that far without practice. And that was a prime example of that because. I just grabbed a gun and headed out like a dipshit. Yeah, stick with a bow. Well, there was one other thing that happened on that hunt. I'm um, I've got the gun with me, but I'm glassing for for moose for my buddy, and uh, they had been shooting at a far distance the day before, and uh, you know, there's a three by three coming, you know, North Idaho three by three down the fire road. I'm on a lot. They deactivated road, so I just picked up the fucking 18 pound lowland canyon and <laughs> and here it comes so i'm like well it gets to like 50 or whatever i'll crank it well they were shooting 1200 yards i blew its fucking head off because <laughs> the turret was on however whatever it was dialed to it's good for tracking so i was like i mean it just dropped it i mean i toenailed its head and i mm-hmm. was like i really need to practice with this gun or just stick to bow hunting i mean they were laughing they were watching above me it was bad frank will make sure yeah <laughs> yeah what do you what do you got, Franca? Chassis built what? I got a th- three hundred rum and a Creedmoor. Okay, a six five Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How come those get made fun of so much? I don't know. I think there's a lot of old school people that like their three hundred eights. It's not a overly. Uh, I guess it's not an overly exciting round. There's not anything super special about it. Oh, there's one thing. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, care. Fucking the recoil is awesome. Yeah, it's you a, can see a, your hits. I, Shot out to like 950 with that thing. It's badass. Before it became deer, sheep, antelope killing. That's what everybody told me. High, yeah. high country mule deer, sheep, and antelope. Yeah. It's like great for that. Yeah. Um, you know, for, and, but, you know, these are guys that, that I knew that kill lots of sheep um, that were like, man, it's a great gun. And target acquisition, first round, because there's no recoil. You mm-hmm. get right back on the animal. Oh, yeah. And all made sense. But then I see man buns and compared to creed. Yeah, you know, that's just people talking <laughs> smack it's a it's an easy target because it's so popular yeah so yeah. i like it it's fun yeah fun I, to shoot that's what makes ignorance is bliss i don't give a shit because i'm not a gun guy so i when you told me that i was like one of two of the guy the most effective sheep killers i know the creedmoor is what they that's what that's their gun yeah and uh they're, the biggest thing for them was they were telling me about was target acquisition like right. you hit one you can get right back on it where you fire like a you know, lowland canyon, like a, a 300 or a 338, fuck, you can't find the animal because you rocks you back so much. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I used to shoot a 300 rum yeah. exclusively, and I don't even own it anymore. So. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no, thanks. I started shooting the 65284 a few years ago, and it's I've killed a lot of stuff with it. It's 
a great gun. This new 6.5 PRC we're getting is ballistically, it's almost identical to 6.5284, but I think the biggest advantage is the cartridge design requires you don't need as long of a barrel for the, the powder burn. Does that sound like that's correct? Yeah, shoot some laser beams. I'm sure there's somebody listening right now. No, 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 no. You're going to get an email over this. Geeked up on that stuff, which yeah. is cool. I mean, we yeah. do it on arrows, but the, the reality that art, the archery is the same way. If you get something half-assed accurate, it's generally a lot more accurate yeah, than yeah. you because you've crunched too many Shoot numbers. them through both lungs, it's going to die. It doesn't yeah. matter what you shoot it with. Haven't practiced shooting, but you've crunched numbers your whole life. Yeah. The nice thing about those six fives is you can shoot factory ammo pretty damn accurately. Yeah. Like the my Creedmoor, I can shoot. Like half inch groups all day long with That's that. Good, I ain't reloading shit. Yeah. So Grant said that the gun he built for me, which is identical to yours. Yeah. He's shooting uh, Hornaday 147s that are sub MOA, just factory ammo. Yeah. No, in, a, in a barrel that's basically not really broke in either. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that uh, brings me to my another thing I was thinking about for this next time on the podcast here was, I was you ever listen to Andy Stump? Yeah. 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 So he, was, he came up with something that. I thought it was pretty cool the other day, and he said, uh, subject matter enthusiast as opposed to subject matter experts. Yeah. So there's that's, a lot. That, that's that's, a, it's funny you bring that up. My seminar I'm giving Saturday yeah. uh, starts out with that. But it's uh, the difference. difference fucking between, brilliant. Well, I'm going to ask the crowd, <laughs> what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Yeah. Knowledge you can read in a book. Wisdom you have to actually go out and, and, and earn. There's something to be said for that. So And, you, you know, you think about it. Um, while we're talking about this, uh, Frank's real good at it. I try to be, you know, with the whole stay in your fucking lane, right? Like I don't give whitetail hunting advice because somebody tells me where to sit. And I sit there and try to be quiet and shoot something. Shot a lot of whitetails, but I'm not a whitetail guy. I, or I'm not a whitetail expert. I just shoot pretty good. You're a whitetail killing expert. The killing part I got down. But as far as like, hey, here's my, you know, 80 acres. What do I do? I'm like, mm-hmm. I have fucking no idea. And I put some tree stands up Plant somewhere. Plant alfalfa yeah. and put a tree stand up. <laughs> it's really it not that hard. Yeah. So I don't, uh, yeah, I try not to dive into these certain Pile things. Pile of fucking and, corn and yeah, the corn alfalfa food plot and a tree stand. Where was I? Were we in Alabama? We were talking about doing that video. It's rolling not that in, easy, man. Yeah. <laughs> rolling in corn and best cover scent known to man. That's funny. No, yeah. I don't remember that. I was like, <laughs> we didn't post it. You try it. <laughs> See how hard it is. I will say <laughs> killing a five and a half year old whitetail is, is, is difficult. Um, you know, obviously they get pretty smart and nocturnal and everything else, but I don't, um, it's like turkeys, right? People get super into turkey hunting and, I said, wait, you told me you were like, I just haven't had the, God, how did you put it? You were like, I haven't stooped low enough to buy a turkey tag yet or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's something just, like that. I just haven't gotten that board yet. Board, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But everybody says, oh, it's fun. You should try it. And I'm like, yeah, maybe someday. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to play golf someday too. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it, uh, it fills up time. I, li- I do like turkey hunting. It's fun, especially if you're, as I say that, I like hunting turkeys with lots of dumb turkeys. It's. If I had to actually probably hunt them more, it probably wouldn't be quite as fun. But Well, I would say, you know, with the, the whitetail thing, if there's one animal that's more inherently wary than anything else, it's, pro- you know, as far as big game, it's yeah. definitely whitetails. And, but you screw with anything enough and they're going to get spooky shit, you know. Three-year-old bull elk on public land are spooky as shit. Yeah, that is a, that is a fact. But but that that whole difference between knowledge and, and wisdom, um, you know, that's like my first question on the seminar because – you know, you start thinking about it, the knowledge you can, I mean, I could read all about long distance running and, and act like I 
know what I'm doing. I, I don't know shit about it. I hate running. Um, you know, and, and, and so trying to stay in your lane to a certain degree and not overstep what you know or, or don't know, which, as you can see, as we talk about guns, I'm pretty wide open. I'm like, I have fucking no idea. People ask, what caliber should I get for an elk? And I'm like, yeah, it's a good question. You should ask somebody that knows because uh, it's not me. <laughs> like, it's not my thing. Well, even for the for me, these uh, guns are tools. They're, they're, I'm not a gun nut. I don't have a bunch of guns. I, I don't not into reloading or anything like that. But you know, I have a friend that reloads some stuff for me. But it's just, just not that interested in it. But there's people that are just ape shit about it, and you know, they're more into reloading and and the whole science behind the accuracy than they are, and and they don't kill deer when they go out in the woods. Easy. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a happy I mean, medium I, I, in there. I, I won't see all of them, but you know, I'm sure there's somebody who go. Well, I I reload and I kill deer. Yeah, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. It's, there's it's a, a passion s- for the process as opposed to, you know, the hunt itself. Yeah, and, same thing with arrows. You know, I yeah. get the same guys calculate arrows, which is it's good to calculate arrow to to know what's most efficient. But at some point in time, you need to go shoot and learn animal behavior. Well, there's no replacement for just investing the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, the longer you're doing something, you, if you're paying attention, the better you get at it. Yeah. So just like anything, you know, being out in the mountains and like we talked about before, uh, being, uh, I guess, knowing animal behavior. Yeah. And knowing what they're going to do and, and that kind of thing is, that has a lot to do with how successful people are with their hunting. And, yeah. And the longer you do this stuff, the more you... You more, can almost predict what some of these animals are going to do before they even do it. More wisdom you have. No, it's that's true. I was talking. Um, Amy drew a mule deer tag, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, I don't know, you know, how much I'm going to be able to go because you know we're going to be hunting." And and so she wanted to she wanted to go, and I was like, "Well, take Jessica." And I was like, "I'll just we'll go up there ahead of time. We'll find you some deer, and you know, see what happens." Right? I said, "You're not going to, you know, no grizzly's going to attack you. Nothing, you know, rifle or something. No bow." Oh. And she's like, so how's this work? And I said, so in about eight hours, we're going to be finished with the first 2% of how this works because it takes a long time to to be able to stock within bow range of a, of a mule deer. I said, now, you probably drive them down the road and see a doe off the side of the road and mm-hmm. run up to hill and shoot it. I said, but, you know, with a you know, bedded deer and glass in a mile away, there's a lot, you know, to it. And I, I would say that probably the number one thing, patience, like Frank's real good. Like they won't stop bedding until fucking 10 or 11. It's irritating. You know, get up, move a little, get up. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was telling her, I said, um, you can look and see how long something's going to bed from where the sun's at and how much shade they have. You know, you take a pretty good prediction. Can you get your ass over there before that fucker moves? Yeah, it's, you know, it's decades of accumulated knowledge it's you're using right there. And I had uh, my wife's friend from rifle area, sent me a text and told me she wants to start hunting and shoot an elk. Yeah. And it's like she wants to know if she should put into this for the secondary draw this year. I'm like, that's probably, you know, not high on the list of things you need to know <laughs> right away about hunting is whether or not to put in for the secondary draw. Sure, you have to have a tag, but, I mean, it, it's not something as simple as saying, well, get a gun and just go here. There's There's so much more to it. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to have private access and in a big field where the animals come out every day, it makes it a little easier. But yeah, you know that's it's just something that takes a long time to get where you need to be. Yeah, to be super proficient. I was surprised even like in in Alberta. I don't know if you were, but how technically proficient you have to be to kill those fuckers because they're yeah they be, they get hunted a lot. It's I mean, not a lot to hide behind. No, no, you got to be pretty, pretty sneaky. So they. 
Are they more aware and watching for vehicles and people at long di- uh, longer you distances? You don't want to stop at 500 yards away. They get the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the- <laughs> so you have to drive over the next hill and figure yeah. out something. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot like hunting antelope. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they just use distance to for safety. I think the biggest thing is where, they, where they're bedding. Like uh, I think Barco and I were hunting an area where there wasn't a lot of that red brush. So they weren't, they bed down in this tall red brush. You know, it's like a few feet tall and. If they're in there, then you have a lot better chance of getting close compared to if they're bedded in a, in a draw or something. Um, we didn't fucking have very many opportunities to get close to them other than when they're in that red brush because they think they're they're hidden, but you're seeing their antlers when they're in the red brush, so you can get close. I got photos of that when I ended up shooting in the neck, and he you know, he thought he was hidden. Fucking, yeah. they, you know. they think that you can't <laughs> see their antlers, I'm sure. Oh, it's, it's wild because you can get that one I got six seven yards from now the problem is in the red brush you can't shoot through that shit i mean you can't but that one i killed the first year that was in that wide open shit he was in a little coolie and i just went right approach right place right time and was able to get a shot on him but those deer you know you get hunted your whole life and the problem is you empty a coolie or a canyon you push one out yeah it's at the top it's empty for a while uh, there's there's a wave of animals coming out the bottom it's picking them all up so then you're in your fucked every you're, single one of them's heading out with the herd Oh, it's depressing. That one I pushed out, Lander was at the bottom of the canyon. And yeah. He knew. He called me. He's like, so you pushed one? Because <laughs> like 30 <laughs> at the bottom. A mile later, I'm like, yeah, dude, come get me. I fucked up. So what are you going to use that gun for? Uh, elk, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Sure. And I, I might use it on our dad. I got Amy a, a mule deer hunt in December down in the Davis, you know, mountains. Yeah. And, I, and I may, when I'm down there, you know, depending, I may crank an owl dad with that thing. I mean, the thing that's, it's cool hunting, um, owl dad with a, you know, compound stick or whatever, but you know, it's also kind of cool every now and then to crank one at three or 400 yards away and not have to go through the cactus. Yeah. I had and, so much fun on that <laughs> hunt with Nestor. Yeah. yeah I mean, I wasn't able to go for very long. It was right at the onset of the, the COVID thing. So I guess we haven't talked since this has all went down, but so I think it was, this, oh, they're just starting to, sh- shut things down yeah. when uh, we had the hunt planned. And so I took off. My wife's like, no, nah, I don't think you should go. I'm like, it'll be all right. I'm just driving back roads all the way down there. No big deal. And she's, well, they might shut down highways and stuff. and But they didn't. So I, was, I knew I only had a, a four-day, including travel. And shit, I think it's like a 12-hour drive each way to it's end up down poke. there. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's farther to drive down there than it is to San Diego from here, which <laughs> kind of surprised me. So – Drove down there and uh, we went out the first morning and started seeing animals. And that's the thing about Owdad. They're spooky. They're not easy to hunt, but there's so many of them that it makes it easier just because of sheer numbers. Yeah. And so we saw this ram and he was by himself and looked at a few other ones in the morning. And I'm like, man, that one's good enough for me. He's got the big loop and all. And Yeah. But I missed him first time and and I have no idea what was happening, but we spent... uh, Oh, probably the next two hours following this dude. He was skirting the mountain yeah. all the way around this thing, and we kept going from spot to spot on a uh, side-by-side that Alex had and watching him from a long ways off and and kind of just watching him pick his way around. And he got to this one place with some ewes and smaller rams and hung out, but he's watching us, and he's like, yeah, just keep wandering around the next <laughs> corner. Yeah. And finally he got to a spot where uh, oh, we stopped in glass and, and – that spooky dude was, he had his, like, one horn and a side of his face, like, peeking over the ridge looking at us around a rock yeah. at, at about 800 yards. And Alex <laughs> picked him up and 
Jordan Watley was with us and this gal, Brittany, from Montana. And so I told uh, Alex, I said, let's go right down this road into this draw and we'll hop out and these guys can take the side-by-side back around the other side of the mountain. That thing will watch them drive mm-hmm. around the side-by-side and he'll get sick of looking at them. He'll come right around the mountain to us again. So we did. We got we got up on the side of the mountain. About an hour later, that dude comes walking around the mountain with his buddies and that was it. Yeah. So it was a cool plan we executed and it was first day, you know, maybe midday when I killed him, but yeah, it's thirty inches though, wasn't it? <sighs> you know, I didn't even measure them. It's it looked got to like, be close. It's good, yeah, yeah it's yeah, good. It's yeah. Nice mature ram, so I was happy. They're not easy to kill no. with a bow. I no. can tell you that. No, They're God, pain no. In the ass. Yeah. They are spooky though. Yeah. yeah, I was really, you know, when they take off, they don't look yeah. back. There's, there's no stopping on another ridge two hundred yards away and looking back. You, they run out of the country. Well, it's, I, I got um, yeah, I, I shot that one. I had a bunch of texts. Great job, whatever. And I was like, you know, the the truth of it is, I missed. 11 times before I killed one and they're not Frank you'll have fun when we go down there I mean it the good thing is they're always out you know if you got good optics you're good eye you can find them but the one Amy laughed because I you know big Sasquatch running I I basically sprinted for fuck 500 fucking yards to get ahead of them and uh literally when I stopped I was wheezing so bad from running I'm like fuck I hope they don't get here soon because they're gonna hear me because yeah. I when I stopped I was like <laughs> just pissed and sweat my legs were shaking from you know lactic acid build up and i dropped to a knee and i'm like fuck it they should go there's a there was a pond and they'd been running you yeah. know and i thought they'll probably come down here to drink yeah and that's how i killed it it's, it's a super pond. fun hunt i if you know that time of year something to do it is like probably top of my list of something to do that's you know it's relatively affordable compared to a lot of yeah hunts you I wouldn't call it a poor man's sheep hunt because I've been on a lot of sheep hunts and they don't usually work out in yeah. four hours on the first day. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's usually backpacking, pain, misery, rain, and all kinds of other yeah. shit involved. Yeah. I've heard so, we had those things in Colorado. They, dad, they used to. I've never seen one personally myself. I've been down to where they're supposed to be at. But. They used to have a few over uh, by rifle, silt, and parachute in the book mm-hmm. cliffs. Yeah. The edge of the book cliffs there, Roan Plateau. Good terrain for them. They had gotten out. Uh, from a high fence joint and, and so you could shoot them they had like a standing or this is back in the 80s that, yeah that you could shoot any of that you saw but they disappeared years ago over there but i've heard that there's some way down in southeast colorado and yeah canyon lands yeah we, we actually if you can imagine how this is going to go uh we we booked um eight trad guys to go with scott um all at one time you know big party and scott's like well your ass is fucking coming to help and i'm like no i'm because it's just God. it's hard to, to to get one i mean it's just hard i mean it's just so difficult for so. these friends of yours or people who listen to the podcast that just a L- little bit of everything okay. yeah and right. i mean yeah i would say like um if you know animal behavior and you're patient you know yeah you, you can kill one with a bow the problem is you may be stuck in a you know, you may be stuck in one position for, like you talked about that one looking. No, they're they're wary. They're yeah. very they're very <laughs> alert and wary, and so it's it's not easy to kill them with a ball. I'm sure you could be stuck five hours with one, you yeah. know, 180 yards away waiting for them to move. Staring and, at you. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, sneaking in on them is is feasible in some terrain, but that terrain's pretty loud. Oh yeah. And, uh, there's cactus and a lot of sharp shit. You so know, it's I, not like socks is going to work for I you. Kind of. It reminded me of the show I saw. We were at the, I was at the firehouse this last couple of days working, and we had a hunting show on one time, and, and there was an owl dad hunting, and this guy's bow hunting. But the guy he was hunting with said started using the term master ram, 
which I thought, well, that's freaking that like interesting. Like a lead ram or a mass? <laughs> no, the master ram they're hunting for. I'm like, what the fuck makes this shit up? You know? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Oh, masters of the universe. That was back in your era. <laughs> we're we're hunting for the master ram. Good lord, that's funny. You can only name whitetail. Was that yeah. right? I think so. Well, unless well, you're in Arizona. Lander told me you're not allowed to name stuff, so I do it. Lander. And, Lander and then I post it, and I say, Lander, this is a uh, tall boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Arizona, they name everything. Elk, deer, antelope, oh, sheep. I, that uh, brings, that, you, brings you closer to the animal. That, more personal relationship. There's uh, one of those bucks I was trying to kill. Do you see some of those bucks we're after in Arizona? Yeah. That yeah, big one's still alive. The school bus? Yeah, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I called him, man. <laughs> Jesus. That, you know what's. For a desert buck, he just looked gigantic. So, I got, you know, I was mic'd up. We've gotten shit for using radios. I don't give a fuck. It's hard enough to kill him. I was mic'd up, and they're watching me, Levi and, and Rick from the top, and they're like, dude, you're out of real estate. Four hours on the stock. And I, I got to the last bush, and they're like, you got nothing left, buddy. And I, I peeked around. I'm like, this thing would be He so was just out on a flat, though, too, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah, was under a tree. bushes and... Well, and it, what it was is it was mesquite, and yeah. in the middle there was one tree, uh-huh. and he had like 18 does, and yeah. he was bedded under that tree. And I got to the last mesquite bush because it, it was loud. There wasn't a lot of wind, so it was a lot of you know incremental movements, like imperceptible movements to, to get there. And I got to that last bush, and they were like, you're, you're fucked. You're not getting any closer. And I looked, and I ranged. It was 68 yards, and I'm like, yeah, this is one time I wish I had a compound because he was – 34 wide, 32 wide. I mean, he was he was wide buck. I mean, I didn't measure him because he's still alive, but he was a big deer. Oh, no. He, you sent me the picture, and I'm like, I would shoot that deer. That's yeah. A, that's well, an impressive buck. Shitty thing is I had passed up a lot of other deer to try and shoot that, and that other three-point, he wasn't nearly as, you know, scoring-wise as good of a buck, but he was, you know, he's a 30-inch wide three-by-three with a pretty ungodly main beam. Um, I that big one was about 34 probably. Don't you? That's what we figured, 32, 34. And, and uh, we had one that I wanted to shoot that was a, I thought it was an axis deer. Hmm. Strangest looking mule deer I've ever seen. Looked like it bred with a an elk or a stag. And it had one, uh, like a club coming out of its head, then a candelabra on the other side. And it was just a crazy ass Candelabra. Deer. I have you not like that? heard that term used in deer antlers. <laughs> don't make before. me spell it. But um, <laughs> it literally was, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a cool hunt, very, you know, challenging as far as you know hotter and shit and cactus everywhere and everything else but it was it was cool but i mean you know same same thing or whatever like with the hunting with a stick you better be get used to disappointment especially if you're gonna i'd already killed a bunch of deer was down there there's big deer around so shooting a 150 inch deer wasn't interesting to me are you supposed to go down for this group of eight out dad hunting like as a, a moral support and uh, you guys can do it because obviously this isn't a hand holding thing. It's it. So. Um, well, I'm gonna help. I'm not gonna go to much for show, so I'm gonna help guide for Scott for down in the Davis Mountains and then up in that Paladero Canyon. And part of you know me helping him is this group of guys. And so having a proficient with a stick bow and then having stick bow guys, Scott's like, well, at least you can give them the the idea that it can be done since you've killed a couple. And it's like, well, it's doable, but you have to have your head out of your ass. So is this so you don't have to go to shows next winter? Or? Probably. Yeah. That might be why. Yeah. That's Dana's job now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a show guy. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's just not my yeah, thing. You do okay. Yeah. But I'll then Frank's going to gonna have to keep ans- answering that question. Where's Aaron? Yeah. 
Where's Aaron? They well, said they were going to do it. He's got some really important business stuff he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Check Instagram. <laughs> he's hunting. <laughs> what, Dana? Was it Dana? Or you said you were going to get a, a They're making size. a cut out of him. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, to oh, take pictures yeah, with him. Fathead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fathead. Have a sign. I'm nice. not here. <laughs> Don't ask. That'd be bitching. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, take shit. your picture with Aaron Snyder. Yeah, exactly. Speaking yeah. of, you fat make heads, it bigger or life size? I think they're doing life size. One point two five. Take away like the stomach. Fucking six four and the fat head. Yeah, no shit, man. He's bigger than I thought. <laughs> Fucker's huge. Uh, speaking of fat heads, you were talking. We were hanging out with Legnard yesterday. Uh-huh. What were you guys talking about? No, I just talked to him on the phone. And, oh, uh, what do you? Oh, he's driving home, going up Conifer Mountain. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to say where you. No, did he pass me? Was I no? Oh, but, um, I hike up. He said. Every he day. said. Uh, oh, the cell service is. I don't know. He's been, it's been spotty up there lately. I said, well, that's because fucking Snyder's using up all the bandwidth doing <laughs> nah. social media. <laughs> yeah, that's no shit. The service is bad at the top. But I don't know if he's passed me. So Amy drops me off at the bottom every day. I hike to the top. He's got a lifted silver Dodge. Yeah. He, well, yeah. he would have seen me. I mean, you don't. I don't. Oh, I'm sure he would have honked yeah. or stopped. Probably. Oh, yeah. It would have been nice for him to stop to make me arrest. Pick you up. Yeah. You get home and say, well, "Look how fast I made it, Amy." I tried to talk Legnard. <laughs> you know, I, I sublim- I'm you know underline giving him shit. I'm like, oh dude you're training i said i hike up you know conifer mountain every day you should come because <laughs> he's like no i uh, do whatever and i was like oh yeah definitely if you're feeling froggy you should head up because i when amy and i go i give her like a five minute head start and then try and catch her or uh-huh. she'll drop me off farther uh-huh. well the other day she didn't want to go and luke was supposed to come up the mountain so in all honesty i'm like well just drop me off at the bottom and you know hike up thinking luke would you know, pick me up halfway up because I didn't have the motivation to hike five fucking miles with 60 pounds. Luke never came. So it was dinner time and, you know, it's a mile I'd go. I'm like, come on, Luke. (laughs) I really don't want to walk up this. I get home and Luke pulls in the house like 20 minutes later. I'm like, dude, I was totally hoping you were going to pick my ass up because there's no shade on that fucking road the whole way up. It's hotter than hell, but yeah. Good that's, a, that's an awesome plan, though. I mean, that it didn't work out. Doing it you. late in the day like that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got to have some motivation because yeah, she, about that time of day, I'm like, I don't feel like working out at four in the afternoon. Yeah, well, she drops me off, and then she has it's cool because she'll have when she doesn't go, she has dinner ready by the time I get to the top. So I uh, would not feel as manly if I had to say, hey, I don't feel like it. Come pick me halfway up. So I pretty much have to make it home. So yeah, it's a good way to do it. I'm kind of curious, talking to Frank, how much my cardio is going to be any better living that high and training, or if Frank's going to kick my ass. You know, something I've uh, I've wondered about with that in particular is like living at a higher altitude and working out at a lower altitude, because my thought is you have a higher red blood cell count from living at altitude, and so you have the, in theory, capability to push yourself higher at lower altitude. Mm-hmm. So I would think that Living high and working out low would make more sense than working out high. Does that make sense? Yeah. How expensive know. is blood doping? I know, right? I'm sure we all just blood dope. I don't know. I know. Yeah, no, that's taking it to another level for hunting. Lance Armstrong status? Yeah. yeah. No shit. I tell you what. If it wasn't expensive, why not? If, would, it, would would people be mad if you killed something big and you were blood doping? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Well, they get mad anyway. So yeah, yeah they'd be that guy really killed mad a huge bull, but he blood doped. So they'd, they'd go from mad to really mad. <laughs> yeah, uh, talk about blood doping. Uh, Justin, the the guy I ran into on the mountain last year, that, that, uh, that yeah, made it yeah. back there. He was we're. I, I want to do a podcast with him, like lessons learned first time in the high country. You know, type of thing. He, he's he, just a unknown guy, but he he made it into the. He made it into that unit, which is saying something because he's okay. not exactly a set of car keys. Like I was 
pretty fucking impressed. Um, I'd say he's what, 50, 60 pounds. I never met him in person. Big dude, right? He's probably six foot and 265, 270. And he made it all the way in there. Now he was husky. He's husky. He's a little short for his weight, but the one thing, you know, he talked about, he goes, dude, I spent the whole year worrying about gear. I should have worried about my ass. Oh yeah. He was like, you know, and so he has a intelligent guy. He's got a whole bullet point text to me of what we should talk about and i'm oh. like dude it's it's your world's your oyster yeah tell everybody the truth like what happened and he goes you know i heard you and frank talk about the dow loves people like me because we have all these plans and spend all this money and then we get out there and get our asses They're money kicked. donors he's like that is exactly <laughs> what happened because he you know and one of the guys he went with did get a deer but you know i don't think people realize what altitude does to you no it, it it's a life sucker i mean yeah you know, you can fight through rain, you fight through weather. You can't really fight through altitude. You're yeah, gonna, there's a reason yeah. plants quit growing. <laughs> you know, it's like again, pine trees will grow anywhere. Yeah. You get above about 11.6, 11, 11.8, 11, and then all of a sudden they can't even grow up there. So Yeah. Well, I mean, I I would say there's times, and especially I get over 55, 60 pounds on my, on my back where – you know, it's a 50-yard ordeal, stop, mm-hmm. 50, stop, 50. You use stop. trekking poles? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes I do. I use a walking stick ice axe more than anything. Um, and uh, I don't think people realize it's um, it's almost like a, I've tried to explain it when you have a chemical imbalance, like when your wife's bitchy because it's that time and she can't stop herself. You can't stop the way you're feeling at high altitude. You can't mentally motivate your lactic acid build up to just fucking go just, away it's like having your period how did you just correlate a sexist comment <laughs> yeah. to altitude ad- adaptation yeah, I come up with <laughs> i panicked i panicked well you think about you know how you... it like your period <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's altitude sickness you guys i took it to the mental aspect but whatever oh, that's a that's almost a brian martin comment right there <laughs> it's pretty obtuse the i'll say that well you think about it though like you can't I don't think people realize you cannot mentally motivate yourself no. to, to, to get oxygen in your lungs. You're not going to be able to. 12,000 feet is real. I yeah. Mean, it's just, I don't care how good a shape you are. Well, there's, you know, the guys that are super fit, you know, like, who's your buddy that takes all those pictures of himself? Just Fred, Fred. Fred. Yep. No, no, no. Uh, is that Fred, who it is? Fred Baum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Grant, I don't think Grant he's likes Fred. Super, super fit. <laughs> he is very fit. <laughs> yeah. Remember so. when he took off? We were in a mountain range in the Songrays. And Frank? No, me and Frank were looking at oh. Fred hauling ass up the mountain like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> he, he Racing went, himself? He went four or 500 yards. He didn't fucking stop. Like, and I was like. like high altitude? 13,000 feet. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, was that, that's about where we were at, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that, the top was at 13,2 and we were probably at 12,6. Yeah. And he took off with. I mean, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't have to stop. And yeah. I was like, "Holy I was, shit!" I was scouting sheep a few years back in the San Juans, and we were above Silverton. And I was probably, I was over twelve, probably twelve five. Yeah. And my buddy goes, "Look, there's some dude coming up the ridge." I'm like, "No shit." And we looked down there watching him. He didn't stop once. Just <laughs> freaking motoring. Came past us, little skinny dude with a beard. Just kept walking. I mean, he literally hiked to the top of this. It was like thirteen six without stopping. Up a, it was a substantial grade. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, man, that's a level of fitness. Like those dudes that are climbing all those 14ers and I don't know, what, a month or something like that? They do the yeah. whole state. That's just, I can't even imagine that level of fitness right there. It's high. I mean, the, the thing that is a hunter, you kind of, 
not all, but most guys I've met like that can't carry weight, mm-hmm. um, you know, to speak of, of mm-hmm. any substance. So, and I would say Fred probably is a lot of ways when we were training hiking, when we got probably what, 50 pounds over 50 on, on, on Fred's back, um, he would, that was a pretty big deterrent where 50 not doesn't bother me so much and Frank's probably the same way, but I get over 65 and oh, yeah. I'm hitting a couple gears lower. Like I just can't, can't do it. I don't know. Where are you at, Frank? What's that? Weight wise, where's oh, your how kind much of, do I weigh? No, oh. when you hit a weight packing in, where's your? I can haul ass with forty five. You get to fifty, fifty five. I'm starting to feel it. I get to sixty. It's a different looking level. I can haul ass with thirty, and then I have an extra twenty around my waist. So I figure there's like fifty right there. So uh, is fifty about where you yeah, start to somewhere feel around it? There, yeah. yeah, I I went in. Um, I shot that. I shot a mule deer in the unknown mountain range when rock slide first started and uh we did a live hunt and uh i was with um anyway a guy met me in there and i remember i had like 55 60 going in but there was no water up top so i filled two eight liter bladders on mm-hmm. fuck me it would have like i carried another person on my back i threw both of those no six liter bladders i threw them in my pack i've there i felt like a fat piece of shit i couldn't go more than fucking 15 yards and i was taking a break and yeah we got to the, i got to the top and it's raining or whatever, and, and I'm literally looking back like, why didn't I? I knew I was going to camp here. Why didn't I fill this shit up before? And I've got 10 days of gear on my back, and then I, I killed that deer the next opening day, I think. And the guy that was with me, super good guy. I've got an entire deer in my pack, and I'm I'm stuffing shit. And, like, right when my pack is full, he grabs my fucking stove. He's like, hey, I'll take this and give you a hand. We've, we've got, like, seven miles to come out, and he didn't take – any of the deer didn't take any of my gear, you know, this is when it comes to having a handy hunting partner like Frank would, <laughs> we're going down and, and, and hiking down and my quads are starting to shake pretty bad from the downhill oh, yeah. where they're starting to give out a little. He's like, Hey man, you, you all right? What's wrong? I'm like, I got 120 fucking pounds on my back and you took my stove. I'm like, what do you think's wrong? I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I got to take a break for a minute. But that weight, it's just a, it's a killer. I mean, you put that weight on and it's, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably, I know I hear you talking about starting to age a little bit yeah. and, and feeling like uh, you just can't rely on youth anymore. Yeah. And, and yep. it doesn't work. Got to think ahead now. <laughs> yeah. It just amazes me what I can not do anymore compared <laughs> to what I could do. But yeah, it's like, uh, when you saw that bull my wife got this year. Yeah. 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 yeah really nice bull. And so I, uh, it was the last day of the fourth season. And I think uh, the day before that, I'd, Talked to Grant, who's built our rifles, Grant Gillespie, yeah. and his brother Garrett, and they offered to help pack my wife's bull out. And I was like, fuck, I couldn't believe it, man. Those those dudes can pack some weight. And, yeah. And, you know, they're just strong kids. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. And where I'm kind of- I wouldn't do it. Well, I say where I'm at now, I'm at that part, por- the, the portion where I can still do probably anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I just know there's going to be some repercussions for that Mm -hmm. later on. And where I'm kind of probably feeling it now, I guess, isn't really, I can go as fast as I've ever went and carry as much weight, but that recovery, you know, is there's going to be some repercussions. Like if I squat down, I may not get back up without a little bit of help because of my knees, you know, and I don't have bad knees. I just, the other day I squatted in the office and fuck, I had to grab the doorknob to get back up because my- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I like agile wise, I'd say ag- agility wise, like I can 
crush you. I mean, balance wise with heavy weight. Crush. Um, That's well, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like, I have always had good balance. The problem is, I bet Frank's not sore the next day. But I may not have fallen, and I can haul ass. But I would bet Frank is in much better shape the next day than yeah. I am. So, did you ride a skateboard as a kid? No, fuck okay. no. no. How about you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I, I say do. I don't want to take that, I don't mean that negatively no, at all. No, but I, don't. I mean you. You don't have strong ankles, is I guess what I'm getting at. It seems like in comparison, you twist ankles all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so fucks that have to do with agility. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite a bit actually. Like, the ankles of a chicken. Well, when we come down on side hills and stuff, I can motor like with heavy weight, like heavy, heavy weight. the The problem is now I'm starting to think about: Am I going to blow a knee out? Yeah. Where before I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just fly down. Where now I'm like, hmm, this no, could I have long term repercussions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's mental. You don't want to get injured at this point yeah. in your life. Well, I could bring it up like it's it's truly it's not really that I'm showing it, but I'm thinking about it where I yeah. never thought about it before. Well, it's being smart though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's being cognizant of the fact that if you blow out a knee at this point, it's could be life changing well, for you. I mean, a good example when you came down and helped me get my deer out. There's no fucking way I could have made it in there. Literally, he had this heart rate thing on, and it snowed the night before, and I, I, I can hear it. You are burning fat on his chest, right? When he's coming down this hill and it's- I'm just curious. Talking to you? Yeah, talks to your cell phone. It's, I tell you what, doing cardio, it yeah. is handy. Because yeah. I, I made fun of it when he had it and then yeah. sure shit, I bought one. Because it's telling you, you know, you are burning muscle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wow. curious on, I always just kind of wondered what your heart rate does when you're- Well, how fast did you get in there? Because he was in there before the fucking sun came up. So he made good time. What, three or four miles? I don't know, probably an hour. Yeah, he was moving, and it's at high altitude, and I'm, I'm looking, I see a headlamp, and I can get closer, and I can hear, your heart rate is 89 beats per minute, or yeah. what? It's <laughs> 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 like, Jesus Christ, Frank, how fast you get here? He's like, I don't know, but it was fucking cold on that ridge line. Cause yeah, it helped the speed. It was just, the wind, it was cold. Um, it, was, it was still in September, obviously, but yeah, it was the cold. The end of late, September late when season. I went back in. Jeez, man. So what season are you going to hunt over the counter, or over the counter, or are you going to first drive? Man, in? it's weird, this well, how that's working is um, I got to should say elk hunt. Yeah. Well, for mule deer, you brought it up, but I got to decide. I got to either to go in with Frank on the high country tag or I've got an Alberta mule deer tag. And if I take the Alberta mule deer tag and then I can't go on the high country hunt. But for elk, it's over the counter in Utah, mm-hmm. uh, not Colorado. Oh, okay. So I, I actually drew a insanely good tag for Colorado this year. But for my, elk? For elk. But mm-hmm. my buddy has a landowner 61 tag. Uh, he should have, and if he has that, we kind of got to figure out, you know, am I going to keep the tag I have and Frank maybe go and do the 61 landowner tag? Because um, what is that, a 14, 18-point unit? Oh, that's the tag you have? No, I drew oh, okay. a different tag that okay. I'm not going to bring up, but right. since 61 takes so many points, I yeah. shouldn't. Yep. If he gets that landowner tag, I could turn mine in and hunt 61 with a bow, but Frank could take that tag and I keep the one I've got, and then we're going to try and do that um Utah yeah. high country hunt, basically for elk. We were in there for mountain goat and her fucking elk everywhere, like everywhere. And I was like, is this over the counter? And I, yeah. And I'm like, well, we need to come uh-huh. back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a rifle? Yeah. yeah in with September? A rifle. Um, no, October. Oh, okay. Yeah, October. Our our season's pretty, mine's worse than his. I, yeah. There's not a lot of free time between yeah. August. I try to split December. mine up a little. Yeah. You're going to I made the mistake of putting in for like four archery tags in one season before and only hunting one of them. So <laughs> yeah. I've, I've learned to split it up. 
You gonna rifle hunt elk? Yeah, I got a first season rifle tag here in Colorado. Bitching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do the over the counter thing. Yeah. How many? You got what do you guys points? think of? Uh, do you see how I screwed up my moose application? Yeah, I put in for a preference oh, point yeah. as as number one, and then somehow I is it, was there a box that you yeah. click or something? I must have clicked the box that said "Don't give me a preference point." No, I think you had to. How does that even? Uh, how does that even a, an option? Why would they do that? I think that was kind it of was a my screw fault. up on their part on the yeah. application. Well, I sent in an email. I didn't expect them to fix it. I just had a question. I said, "I did this on accident. Can it be fixed?" And the guy said, on his response, he said, "Thanks for your email." I see you put for first choice preference point, second choice, no preference point. Have a great day. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so they didn't fix it? No, yeah. no. I didn't expect them to. I mean, it was definitely a, my mistake. Did but, they charge you? Um, did just you seven, get one? Seven dollars. I did not okay. get one. Seven bucks, yeah. Mm. So I didn't get the preference point. Though, I mean, I didn't. I don't expect to draw a moose tag for another 30 years anyway so whatever what's an extra brings up an interesting thing i was uh gonna get to this with you guys but uh, john legnar and i were talking about this the preference point thing for sheep moose and goat in colorado and uh right now you know you've seen the applications just go through the roof with the online applications and you know that whole it was like what was it a lower seven dollar fee a couple years ago yeah and we had that deluge of applications but when you i think there was Oh, roughly 20,000 goat applications last year, 40,000 sheep roughly, and I think close to 60,000 moose. And so when you add all those up, I think it's you know, roughly about 120,000 mm-hmm. for all three species. And if people are paying 50 bucks a piece for preference points, yeah, <laughs> you start, it's, you know, yeah. do the math there, that's close to $6 million yeah. of just preference point fees for CPW. But I had a guy... Uh, uh, message me on Instagram. He says, well, I've got 11 points for sheep now and it doesn't seem to make any difference if I keep putting in. And he said, should I keep buying preference points? I'm like, well, that brings up a really interesting thing because there's so many people that are going to be entering the three point, I guess the three point tally in the draw for all three species next year because of that lower yeah. price a couple years back that the way our draw works, mathematically, it's going to turn the draw almost into a random yeah. random draw. I mean, technically, it's not random, but there's going to be so much representation by the bottom end of the three-point holders yeah. that they're going to draw a certain percentage of the tags just by default, the way our system works. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's something that needs to be changed because I don't think they thought uh, this thing through on that level when they initiated that preference point thing. Yeah, but uh, I kind of wish, I mean, this is my own thing to get everything back to zero and start fresh for this is elk and deer, you know, yeah. not just that they, they uh, let you share them, you know, split them. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the Utah style where you can yeah. get grandma to put in for points and then Wyoming. grandma gets a tag and you get one. Yeah, well, Wyoming's the same yeah. way um, yeah. where, you know, if you have eight points and, you know, have you and your buddy and put it in, you yeah. get half of them just to get them to zero out, you uh-huh. know, get everybody to use them because there's so many people with this astronomical amount of points that may never, you know, draw that um, it's pretty crazy. And so the chances of, you know, it's like taking everyone's guns, right? Nobody, you know, they're not going to take everyone's points. So there's yeah. got to be a way to get everybody to zero back out. And then an, a way to where if you've spent your time and, you've got 18 moose points that you actually know you're 
going to draw the damn tag, you know, and you're not, you don't know now. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You just don't. Well, um, Legnard was talking about this too. He talked about an option to implement into our system of basically squaring your, your weighted points. Yeah. And then you have that many chances in the draw, like mm-hmm. your name is in there that many times. Yeah. And, uh, Another state does that. I think, I think Nevada does it now, that uh, kind of style. Yeah. So basically, your name is in there a bunch more times than other people, and mathematically, you're going to have a higher chance of drawing. But there's got to be something to to account for these people that invested, yeah. you know, twenty plus years of applying it. Well, how many moose points does Harold have? What do you say, twenty three? He wasn't fucking happy. I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was guys Harold last hates year that, that system, yeah. drew with seven points or something, and he's well, got twenty three. There's going to be yeah. people next year that draw with three and zero just yeah. because of the that'd be number. awesome that'd be me yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy i um i mean i put in for what that nanny tag just yeah. to get a tag last year and i dawson was telling me i had like a 0.7 percent it was super i just got super lucky to draw the tag with the points i had and then i you know think about it, i wonder how many people put out that you know four times the amount of points i had and i still got the tag so the only thing that I would say about that whole point thing with the trophy species, sheep, moose, and goat. Yeah. If people start figuring out that it doesn't make sense for them to keep buying points every year and they quit buying points and CPWC is a revenue loss, because this is just gravy money for them. All of a sudden, they got an extra five, six million bucks that they didn't have before. You might be able to elicit some change for the reason of revenue loss. but You've just exposed them. Yeah, that's well, you. Well, I don't know about CPW. That, if you're listening, well, that was Mike Duplan. Blame it on Legnard. You know, Legnard. Uh, he was behind the whole tag reissue. Yeah. You know, people turn in their bighorn sheep tags and stuff. Yeah. He's the one that uh, spearheaded that whole program with no, that no CPW shit. and got it. So anybody that's ever gotten a reissued sheep tag, goat tag, moose tag, deer tag, they can thank John Legnard for that. He, yeah. You got to give the guy credit for that. But we've been discussing this point thing because there has to be an aspect of fairness for people who have been in the draw system a long time. And, and some, and the way our system's working, you're not seeing a, a massive benefit of accumulating points. So, you know, if that incentive isn't there to keep buying points, you know, that revenue drop might be an incentive to change the system to make it more fair. But yeah, it's kind of, you know, I don't see them revamping the entire thing, like scrapping points like you're talking about. Yeah. That's just people would lose their shit. No, and I know they won't. That's that's kind of what I was saying. I know they won't scrap it. So it'd be good a good thing to see if they implemented something to help get everyone back to zero quicker. Because at this point, if you talk to somebody that's got 18 they're holding on for glory. They're probably not going to get rid of those 18 points until they draw a 2 or 201. That could be 10 years. Um, it surprises me that they haven't pushed for a deer, elk, and antelope point purchase fee yet. Yeah. Because I just feel like they're leaving money on the table that way. That's, what a huge revenue source that would be. Yeah. You know, even if it was not 50 bucks like the trophy species, but 20, 25 bucks, that would be just a massive amount of income. And, yeah. Think of all the new pickups they could buy. Let's edit yeah, out that uh, that part of the podcast. What's that? Part? The adding money for points. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the first part, keep that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, there, I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, options. And what you would need is, you know, a, a panel of hunters of different perspectives to sit down with 
maybe not too many biologists, some game wardens and sit down and keep the people that don't know what the fuck they're doing out of it and, and talk realistically. So it's not just biased on a bunch of guys with out of state or a bunch of guys with zero points or a bunch of guys with a bunch of points, but probably weighted more with guys with a lot of points to talk about, you know, what's fair. Cause it's truly, and I, I did it last year. I drew a go tag with very little points. It's not fair for guys that have, you know, 20 years into it and you know they're on retirement and can't even go on the hunt and have fun because they're so damn old um because they've been trying to draw forever so i get it and i'm again i don't backseat quarterback too much on the system but there's definitely some flaws that could be you know probably reconciled pretty easily well there has to be an incentive for people to buy points and yeah. so you know if your odds aren't increasing there's no reason to keep buying points yeah which yeah, you know you're I, right, it's a fairly significant monetary yeah you know i mean i change I'm spending, you know, 300 bucks a year to buy points for my wife and I Yeah. right now. And it's like, I, you know, I, I gave it some serious thought. Am I really, you know, doing any good mm-hmm. by continuing? To, you know, mathematically, not really that much when you consider next year what's happening with this, uh, all these people with the three points yeah, being into the draw. Caught back up, yeah. 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 So, yeah, we'll have to see if some changes. But I know John's working on it. He's been in touch with the some people from CPW to broach the idea. And I know one guy you talked to hadn't even thought about it and he's pretty high up in the organization. I'm not going to yeah. say who it is because <laughs> his boss will probably chew his ass. Why didn't you think of that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But <laughs> money talks, man. Yeah, yeah. no, it, uh, it will. Yeah. Especially when you talk about the, you know, parks and wildlife, it definitely talks. It's the whole, I was amazed at how much hate mail I got. And I, you know, a few people I confronted back when I said, um, you know, I would, I would like Colorado to reward, the residents more you know we're pretty well we're the we are by far more fair to non-residents than any other state that i know of and yeah, it would that's be, for money reasons it's not out yeah. of not a it's not altruistic yeah no you're you're that's a very good way to put it and and the thing is is when you look at um uh, do you want to have a hunt or do you want to have a good hunt you know harold uh, said that and sure I, I would rather have a good hunt than a, than a hunt you know i can hike i'm willing to pay that. more for a good hunt uh, yep. you know less Less competition, but I, you know, I, I understand that this is, you know, there's an element of opportunity and fairness there too. Well, and I, I had guys get on me about saying that, well, not everybody has, you know, the money you have. And it's like, I don't have that much money. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not talking about tons of money. I'm just saying if there's, you know, I see on different Facebook pages where there's an increase in, in, in tags and yeah. you know, three bucks and guys are freaking out and whatever. And it's like, well, you know, depending, looking at the big picture, laying everything out and trying to figure out what's fair, I don't mind paying money for a, a better hunt if it's 40 bucks more or what, you know, whatever it is. Right now, killing something on an over-the-counter tag in Colorado isn't impossible, but what's the success rate for archery? It's 7% maybe or less. I don't know. Pretty low. No idea. Um, that, I imagine it's really low. I'm not sure. Yeah, and so for, for Especially rifle. Especially on bulls. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for rifle, for an over-the-counter tag, it's pretty low there too. In oh, reality, yeah. um, you got a lot of competition. I mean, you you know you've got a pretty good system figured out, but to just show up from some other state, never hunted here before, and tackling the Orange Army, mm-hmm. it's a pretty daunting task. No, I mean I I've got a I don't want I don't know if the system is the right word for it, but I've got a a level of accumulated knowledge that I know there's some things that I look for that I just do. Yeah. And I've written quite a few articles about it, and I'm just tired of giving secrets away at some point, too. It's like, yeah, 
you know, there some of this stuff you shouldn't just pick up a book and like it's not a cookbook here. You, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you you need to get out there and and pay your dues and learn and yeah and that kind of stuff. So you know. For me to go kill a bull over the counter, I, I feel like I could do it just about every year and a pretty good one at that. And so I've even been able to trophy hunt yeah. for elk over the counter, which is seems kind of crazy in this state. But Well, uh, and I think that's the thing that really separates you apart isn't just killing an elk and it's a good elk or a mature elk, um, which is difficult to do. And I've only been on a few over the counter elk hunts here helping people. It's a fucking nightmare. I, I mean, I was like, Holy, I mean, it was, I'm, I can, you know, how many vehicles are at the trailhead? The physical fitness thing is kind of out the window. You're probably not going to out hike someone, you know, you got guys on horseback and llamas and outfitters and everything else. And so it's not like you can, I'm just going to hike farther than everybody. That shit doesn't really work either. You have to know the area. You got to know the animals, you know, know some pockets and things like that. And I truly, I would never want to, I wouldn't ever want to hunt over the counter here with a rifle personally. So... In regards to that, one of the things you got to look for is, or understand, mm -hmm. is the fact that elk don't like being screwed with. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if you see a bunch of people at a trailhead and there's camps and all that, you can guarantee that buffer zone of, of people's two-mile day hiking has pushed every freaking elk out of there. Yeah. You're not going to find anything around there yeah. for the most part. You might, you know, find a few wandering through on occasion. Something scared shitless running yeah. through. Yeah. So. That's that. That is just something to keep in mind. And and if you leave your vehicle and walk downhill to go hunt, yeah, you're increasing your odds because nobody wants to carry an elk uphill. <laughs> yeah. So there's that too. Yeah. But you know, you ha they have to eat, they have to drink, they have to have cover. So you have to look for what they need, and you have to look for a place where there is animals, what they need, and there's just people not screwing with them. Yeah. Well, and so. That that, you, that just doesn't happen like on Onyx. Like, oh, yeah. here, here, I have my. <laughs> yeah. There's a magic filter that says, oh, look in this spot. Yeah, you know? no shit. Well, that's that uh, the Utah area, because, you know, I've told people mm -hmm. about it, friends, and they're yeah. like, ah, that sounds impossible. And I'm yeah. like, well, you, you talk about those hypotheticals you just brought up. Like, yeah. hypothetically, after two miles, you kind of got away from the day hunters. Well, where, where we were at, we were able to get far enough into an area that wasn't very fun to get to and they had everything they needed and you know as far as you know the the big ones right like mm -hmm. you said food and water place to stay cover all that shit so you know once we got back there no one's fucking with them because yeah. it's far enough in the, the problem with colorado in some of the over-the-counter areas is they're so close to a large population and that status quo does pretty much everything you just said they're going to take the easier way to hike they're going to hit the more standard trails because they do. They they grab Onyx or mm -hmm. base map. They look at a look at a trailhead and they look in yeah. an area and think, oh, that looks good. But that's what everybody else is yeah. looking at too. It's like getting advice from a game warden. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that or a biologist. <laughs> Not and this isn't yeah. saying they don't know what they're doing, but they can only give well, so much fucking right. advice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's not like they don't have five thousand answers like yeah. lined up. Okay, yeah. well this this will go to the caller number fifty three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. I don't this is nothing against a biologist or a game yeah. warden, but how many other people has he told that same info to? Well, if you expect to get a hot tip from a state employee, yeah. <laughs> you are sadly mistaken. Yeah. 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 Well, it's and not I, that they don't know things, but most of them are hunters themselves and, you know, they're not going to tell you like X on the map. They might know some asshole that has a good spot that they might send you to just to mess with him, but 
Yeah, no, yeah, no shit. Well, and on that note, yeah, exactly. How I don't know how many you know you get Frank or you get Mike, but um, yeah, it's probably five a day, six a day this time of year of not looking for a grid coordinate. Just need a good area. Not looking for a honey hole, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Not this is what you say. Yeah. I, I've never hunted that area, but Aaron might have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing I always say, I'm like, I, what you're asking for is any unit in well, Colorado. Well, you can. Some dude last year asked me, "Is that is are the San Juans? Is that a good place to go?" I'm like, "Holy shit! That's yeah. the largest wilderness <laughs> in south of uh, oh what Bob Marshall in Montana." Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, there's probably real good places to go and then there's a lot of shitty ones too yeah big area what did you used to say uh what was that wilderness that you always used to send people to oh the weemanooch no or the wait which one uh i can't remember but someone oh nacho mountain wilderness no the the one up north <laughs> yeah <laughs> used to say it on the podcast a lot and then someone sent me a message i was like i've never been here but you should go here and then he's like i've listened to the podcast asshole <laughs> it's where you send everybody <laughs> never summers i think it was never summers. oh yeah or, uh, maroon bells mar- oh yeah the maroon bells i did because of david long uh-huh. that's where he hunted mule yeah. deer and he pissed me off so i sent everybody down there he fucked it up anyway because well, you didn't have to because eastman's put it all over yeah, the tv that show was the so. problem and that is so recognizable those basins oh, yeah. from yeah. a video yeah. if you've been five miles from it and looked in it you're like oh that's that's that basin so mm-hmm. that was it was for vert basin sending <laughs> in everybody but there was four years ago there was 37 cars opening day of mule deer season in that basin and it's just not big enough it can't handle that many people no so. and the deer population isn't what it was yeah. then either i mean that was i think that was pre-2007, 2008 winter. So that's when we had the best uh, mule deer buck numbers in decades. There's still spots where you'll find, you know, the days of, um, you know, 20 bucks in a basin. You can find occasionally. The problem is that spot's not like that for very long. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not staying in there for a long time once season starts. And, you know, you get the guys that I make jokes about it camp in the fucking middle of the basin, right? Oh, "Oh, this is beautiful. And then no more deer in that basin. Yeah, same as I reviewed that this year, last, last year. year. Yeah, it was. You would. I don't even think so they were in there for very long. They just put their tent down there. The, sh- the shit that happened last year. I was so glad he killed his deer and said hike. You know, four more miles in because I, I had people doing yoga above a what that deer score one ninety three that thirty two inch wide buck that they end up killing with a gun. That and a three by, literally. 60 yards above him, chicks are doing yoga, flipping around on this rock. He's bedded right below. I'm like, he's not moving. Fuck it. Next thing you know, they're pushing rocks. They push that deer out. And I'm like, I mean, this is the deer I've been after. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one lady broke her arm, fell off a cliff, dog shit. I'm like, stay positive, you know, whatever. And then next thing you know, there's where the deer went to. There's two fucking yeah, how, how many times have you said this the last few years? Holy shit, there's a dude over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, they ended up being... <laughs> elk hunters that didn't yeah. even have a tag they went in there just to scout to see if there was elk there mm-hmm. and uh set up two tents right where all the deer hang out blew all the deer out and uh i mean what you can't do anything i mean it is it is what it is but i was subject matter enthusiast super interested in their camping location. i think those guys uh camped there and then they said if they found elk they were going to go back to town and get a tag and come back and in. then come back so they just put their tent down there which is screwed up the flow or the travel corridors of the deer yeah it fucked everything up they so were it, gone it was it was pretty crazy because that there was that guy and then way down this one ridge where the deer hang out there's another guy with a tent made no sense he was an elk hunter made no sense to be i mean 
you couldn't even make some shit up to make some shit up to tell a guy you didn't like to camp there because it yeah. just made no sense and because that's where the the deer are. Yeah, he's elk hunting. There's there's his fucking tent, and I'm like, huh? Well, that's spot number two's blown. You know, and what you can't do anything. You can't make a move. Hard and, to get two spots. Or, yeah, you know that's one of the you know places without a trail. Yeah, and you know you you know when you see them there. You, you spend enough time looking for places like that. It's like, oh, yeah, this is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were scouting and we saw a guy going in scouting as well. And we're like, where are you going to camp? And he's like, I'm going to camp up there. And uh, we had been scouting the last few weekends. And that's where a bunch of deer were hanging out. We're like, uh, we'd been seeing a lot of deer up there. We, I don't think you should camp up there. It's going to blow them out. And he's like, no, I've been hunting here for like four years. This is where I camp. I'm like, all right. Some people are just a little too proud to take uh, advice. Yes. Though I guess you can never necessarily um, count on other hunters' advice. No, it's changing too. <laughs> all the people, you know, we got five and a half million people in Colorado now. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what it is exactly, but a lot. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. most of them are probably here in Denver. Yeah, and you can tell just by being in the mountains now. But I think uh, the further you get away from weekend warrior. Mm-hmm type driving distance from denver you start getting into better yeah a little better situation <clears throat> i definitely noticed from growing up hunting and then now i think there used to be more respect between hunters and then now it's more competition especially like going out of state to like say uh go hunt the fucking battle mortal combat of utah <laughs> like you'll see a guy going after a deer then you'll see some other guys that see that guy yeah. going after the deer that's oh, trying yeah. to beat him to the deer yeah I feel like that's that's dirty getting, pool. That's deer getting, hunting. That's coming here to Colorado. I felt uh-huh. that. I felt that, uh, that guy you were talking about, I had to go. If everybody can believe it, go pee. Um, you know, we tried to talk sense into the guy. You, were, you know, we literally. <laughs> I, and I could Frank. You don't get mad hardly ever. I could see Frank was fucking boiling, and and he almost killed me because the anger was taken out on me as he took off up the trail after Did the his guy. Pupils dilate. Sweet mm. Jesus! I was like, <laughs> fuck, slow down, Frank. But. We stopped and said, hey, and explained to him, hey, we're, you know, we are in here. Where you're putting that is totally going to, and it, it totally fucking, it destroyed everything that you knew about that area. Yeah. All the traveling corridors were blown. Every, every, and, and he literally was like, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. And he, he did. And, and then we had other guys that we'd run into in there that were like, fuck, did you blow all these deer out? And we're like, no, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And they were like, we, I explained to them what happened. They were like, well, that's where all the fucking deer live. And I'm like, well, he's got a camp up there. He's got bags of shit and scent and everything else right in the middle of it. And Yeah, yeah, he was stashing gear at that point. It, yeah. was, a, it was a few weeks before season. Yeah, it fucked everything up. You didn't start rubbing your beard and like yeah, I know breathing hard? Yeah, I know. I start doing that, you know. <laughs> For, well, after we left that guy, he took off at a blistering pace from anger and you probably went, what, 400 yards? I had to ask him to stop. I'm like, fuck, dude, I can't keep up. And he was just fucking people. <laughs> yeah. But the dude didn't it's a drag. give a shit. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody wants, you know, isolation in a, in a perfect hunt, but it's it's just really strange. It's hard to wrap your head around that, you know, how much of a change we've seen in 10 years. And even in five years, it's just, you know, more and more people. And people are, when you think about uh, the approach, there's, there's a, it seems like there's a generation or type of hunter out there that's really into like the equipment and the the gear and just the you know just immersing themselves in the process as opposed to just like an activity as opposed to like really trying to successfully hunt and bring something home. 
Does that make sense? No, I think that makes sense. That is not even necessarily hunting of like, uh, um, like mountain biking. Yeah. People will go and buy these badass mountain bikes. Like my buddy let me borrow a Yeti, which is badass, but it's not going to make you any better of a mountain biker. No. You got to have the, ex- yeah, it's the reps. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you guys are in the gear selling business, so it makes sense to, you know. I think that's almost a little different with backpacks because you want a comfortable backpack that can put up with the weight, but it's not going to make you kill anything any better. Yeah. Backpacks and boots, you know, you yeah. got them on your feet, but we're pretty open about that though. Like I talk about it and I'm like the the lightest, cheapest, most important thing you can have is, you know, knowledge, wisdom, dedication, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Those are the things and they're all free. None of you spent any money or time on that this year, but you do have a damn good bow and you got some badass shit. So I've never been a, a real serious gearhead. I mean, I've tried to do a little bit better as I've gotten older and, you know, just there's some of the stuff you use because it makes sense. Yeah. But how many packs do you guys sell to people back east that don't even? Several thousand. Yeah. A lot. Is it a, is your mainly a Western oriented market or is Not it anymore. people from all over? I would say that our Eastern market in the last five years is, it's Pennsylvania is a big yeah, state we got for a, us. We came out with a few packs for whitetail hunting that have been really popular actually. Yeah. yeah. But the bigger packs going back there are pretty, yeah. yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, and people are digging gear. They dig the process and, you know, it's like uh, the identification of the whole thing. And, yeah, I think it's good for all of us in the long run, but, you know, it's just, there's starting to be so many people it makes you wonder how long we can you know sustain this pace of you know hardcore hunter growth in this in this and not make accommodations for it too because what it means is we're going to be losing opportunity if we concede that there's so many guys that are you know really putting the boots to it that it's you know the experience is suffering along yeah. the way yeah well and i'm sure there will be ways that whether they make sense or not there's there will be changes made and and when i hear you know hunter numbers are dropping whitetail hunters maybe western hunters numbers can't be dropping if they are i'm not seeing it i mean no i think uh, you know big game applications are higher than they've ever been yeah. do you think it was good that uh colorado put a draw on archery elk in some parts of the state oh for sure yeah you know just to control numbers if, no, if for no other reason and i i you know, you just can't have, it's become so popular, you just can't have unlimited access. And there's there's places people are just sorely disappointed when they show up. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go hunting here, and there's just, you have zero chance of killing an elk. Yeah, yeah zero to five, yeah. Well, <laughs> well they're not going to be there. There's going to yeah. be so many people that, you know, the animals just aren't there. Yeah, and I, I, you know, when you get in some of those areas that are close to private, even the wilderness, yeah, it doesn't take much for an elk to to go five miles to get on private and hunt. No, up in Summit County, there's, you know, this huge ranch called, you know, it's Acorn Creek area. And I moved up to Summit County in 99, and those elk, they would show up onto the private opening day of the first rifle. That's when the most pressure seemed to, to push the elk herd onto this private land. A few years later, it was opening day of muzzleloader season, that, and that and that lasted for a while. It was... You know, the archery hunters didn't have enough of an impact. And now it is opening day of archery season. Yeah. The animals are in. And that herd has gone from, in 99, there was probably 75 elk that would go down there onto this ranch. And it's close to 500 now. Yeah. And, Wasn't there a, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And so there's, this is basically a refuge for, you know, all the way through the four season. And so you got hunters circling around the ranch <laughs> on, on, you know, 
national forest property to the east side and all these people that's trailheads on each end of this landlocked you know area and you know the elk just aren't coming off occasionally you'll you'll have raghorns that'll you know break a few cows off and push them back away from the herd bull but you know people see all these elk and they think well man there must be a bunch of them up on the forest and zippo oh, that's all of them yeah <clears throat> wasn't there an article that said uh outdoor recreation like hiking is dwindled the elk populations in uh, Aspen and Vale areas. Yeah, there's been some, uh, they're doing some, CPW's doing some research on that as far as displacement with summer recreation hikers and the Holy Cross and some of the maroon bells and some of that stuff. And so it's, they're talking about uh, calf recruitment numbers and some other things that are, you know, as far as. Uh, I would say it's true. You know, I, yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, a lot of it's in that Minturn area and, you know, right. anyway, and. Chris Rowe was involved in some of that. And, and I, you go with what you know, right? And if you, mm -hmm. you, you've hunted your area forever and we've hunted areas forever. And, you know, there's areas I've hunted that, um, you know, not, not just the, um, the area they live, you know, back in the day, you say, oh, if you see a bull, he's going to be there every year. Mm -hmm. Um, he gets fucked with enough by four wheelers and hikers. He's not staying, he'll find a new place to yeah. stay every year. I, I've had to, keep switching locations i've had to find new places and so you know this this formula yeah. that i have this <laughs> yeah this cookbook formula of finding spots it that's where i'm using this experience is you know continued successes because i know these these uh elements to look for yeah and you know it's there's nothing easy about it. it's hard work and and but i'm relying on some of my experience when it comes to finding new spots but you know, nothing lasts forever. We killed two huge bulls in Summit County in this spot. Oh, mine was just under 370. My buddy's was oh, right around 350. And, you know, after that, the area went downhill or started being, you know, it was just like for whatever reason, people started figuring it out. Yeah. And I don't think it had anything to do with, you know, me being on the cover of Eastman's with it. It was just Well, that, happen, I remember that know. photo. You didn't give anything away on it. So, no, yeah. but yeah. I didn't give a shit. You know, it's like. That bull was a freak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and I if you if you want to go there and go look for another three seventy bull, my yeah, it's off to you. Good yeah, luck. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's you know while you're talking about that, Frank and I talk about this a lot. How many people look for your vehicle at a trailhead? Look at your photos to copy the spot you're at, and it's like that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't park at trailheads. You know. Yeah. No shit. But <laughs> but like it's like why why go try and find a spot you already know a guy's at to try and battle it out with him. Don't you want to put that effort into finding your own spot? Yeah, I have and a turquoise 1998 Geo Metro that I use. <laughs> to, not uh, really, but yeah. that would be a good one, wouldn't it? No shit. Subaru. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the Subaru, I know. The rainbow sticker. Unicorn. Coexist. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Obama sticker on the back will do it. That'll yeah. top it off. But Bureau of you Land should, Management uh, stickers. Ask um, Boat Bernie. Ask Rogan if he changed his opinion on that one thing he said about uh, people Stealing. keeping their spots secret. Yeah. Because at one be. at one point he said he didn't agree with that, but well, I'm sure he's, th a, he's that's also, adapted his. You got to figure where he's coming from with that, and his, you know, this is interesting that you you talk about that because um, I just finished. I'll tell you about this in a second. I just finished writing an article for Western Hunter about Joe Rogan. You know, for the next issue, but his experience, you know, is based on him not spending his whole life finding spots to hunt on public land. And so he's had the experience of hunting, you know, 
a fairly sheltered existence hunting private land, which is fine. That's, you know, more power to them. If I, if I had the money, I would be doing the same exact yeah. thing. And I, but, I have something built up in my mind if he asks of what I'm going to say, and I'll go over yeah. that here in a minute. Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, Joe's the biggest voice on the planet for hunting right now. Yeah. I mean, nobody's even close. I mean, if you wanted to say number two, it would be, you know, possibly Jim Shockey, but nobody in the celebrity world has the balls to stand up in front of the rest of their peers and say, I hunt and eat elk like Joe Rogan does. And because he doesn't have to answer to anybody, he doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. like, hey, man, this is what I do. I don't care if you don't like it. Yeah. So that's what the premise of my article was, is, uh, you know, Joe being the biggest voice for hunting yeah. in the world right now. And so I think it's going to be published in the fall edition of Western Hunter. But um, that whole thing about, uh, you know, your secret spots and whatnot, man, you People put a lot of work into figuring stuff out, and it's okay for them, you know. The way I put it is, um, you know, you, you work construction, a lot of guys yeah. do, or, or yeah. whatever, and because that was me. Uh-huh. Is you, this another period analogy? <laughs> no, yeah. but, but uh, you know, you get off work at, uh, you know, 3.30 or skate out of there earlier on Friday. You drive to the trailhead, you hike in in the dark, you scout all day Saturday, scout Sunday morning, you hike back out, drive all night, go back to work Monday you do that shit over and over and over. You find a really good spot, blood, sweat, and tears. You bring one dude in that no work, and he, you know, he blows a spot out, brings his buddies. Well, in an, an analogy of of money, right? Well, you you go into an area that's really you know cool, then you pay twenty grand for a tag, and it's awesome. Um, and then what happens? You bring a guy that has way more money than you, and he buys out the entire area. You got to find another area. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool unless that guy keeps doing that, um, yeah. and then you got no areas to hunt anymore. Well, if you let him do it more than once, that's your fault, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing with taking yeah. him to a spot, right? So, yeah, it's pretty like paralleling analogy. Like, you know, money is what can get you some super cool hunts sometimes, and hard work's the other one. And if you're out moneyed, which happens all the time, that can happen. May not happen to Joe, but it's like you get these really cool hunts because you can afford the tag. But what what happens if someone snakes that from you? That was a buddy of yours that you showed this area to and then he mm-hmm. comes in and buys all the tags you can't hunt it anymore well i've had it happen to me more than one occasion and i you know i'll bring up you doesn't know, happen anymore though does it no 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 but um to your deer spot there what's that the deer spot yeah where you, your coach hunted uh yeah that's one of them um you know another spots well there's two other elk spots and you know it's funny because they i've confronted you know a pretty confrontational guy i brought it up and they're like well we we were thinking about hunting that before you showed us and i'm like thinking about it and learning it's a big fucking difference like yeah. i'm totally fine with you going in there on your own the problem is you didn't go in on your own i showed you where to go and then you took your buddy from illinois and you took your other buddy and then they told their buddies and now it's it's fucked yeah. and well i don't see what the big deal is i'm like, it's because you didn't do any work you yeah know, you, of course you don't you know you didn't spend any time or money or effort and and over the counter public land is it's a lot of effort <laughs> yeah so. yeah i made this mistake of telling a guy that had he's from a state just west of here where yeah. they have lots of cousins and i told him <laughs> about a spot and he's got a lot of cousins and that spot's theirs now yeah they can have it yeah i'm not interested in going in you know hillbilly redneck cousin bullshit so. yeah no shit the um yeah I don't want to get going on that because I will get hate mail both with the hillbilly redneck cousin and the, you know, sharing info. Speaking but. of that, 
hillbilly redneck cousin there's like this uh documentary on prime i think it's uh the wild and reckless whites of west virginia the white family <laughs> uh-huh. it's fucking wild dude it's like it's just like uh tiger king but maybe even better oh amy and i watched one of those they were in like a trailer yeah tiger king no oh the, the what the whites or whatever west yeah virginia yeah shit's fucking wild yeah. bunch of outlaws yeah, uh, not I hunting admit, related. I watched three episodes of Tiger King before I folded. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't started it yet. I haven't, hadn't, haven't done it. We're watching Travelers right now, which probably you guys haven't watched, which I really like. But I, you know, this, with answering messages and all the other shit going on or whatever else, trying to fit cardio in and not a lot of fucking TV time. There's Have just, you watched The Last Dance yet? With Jordan, Jordan documentary, the no, ten, but ten part series. I think I would have. I totally tried. Yeah. We don't have. We have Roku stick thing, yeah. and you can't get it on that. You uh, can get this ESPN thing, but you can't get yeah, it. Yeah. ESPN whatever. Plus. Yeah. yeah, that's worth watching. I think that's what everybody yeah. said. Yeah, because yeah. we talked about. I think this last time I was here, we talked about basketball and the yeah. the golden era of basketball. Yeah. Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. I'm. So that was my, you know, era growing up was that golden era for yeah. Magic Johnson and oh, Larry yeah. Bird and Clyde the Glide. Yeah, with Portland, of course, Clyde yeah. the Glide. Um, and you know, with um, Sam with, Bowie, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Kim Olajuwon, um, Dominique Wilkins. Well, you know, Portland picked Sam Bowie over uh, Jordan, right? Jordan, yeah, yeah. Whoops. Believe me, that gets talked about a lot. Yeah, or did. <laughs> um, but you had all these different integral parts of my young life, even though I ended up wrestling, but you know, my grandpa was a, he's a Hoosier. He's from Indiana, huge in basketball. So I'd go watch basketball and grandpa had a TV and I'd watch basketball. And you had all these different, like iconic people to, that you looked up to and these crazy rivalries, like, you know, with the, the Celtics and, and the Bulls or whatever. I just, now looking at it, it's a bunch of fucking thugs and shit, you know, it's just different. But. Well, I think, I don't know how anyone could watch the this the last dance series and not see that Jordan is the goat. Yeah. I mean, you know, you people make the argument for uh, LeBron nowadays, but you watch that series and it's like, um, uh, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'll have to watch it, but yeah, it's pretty amazing. Oh, uh, you know, it just it'll bring back all kinds of memories because I know you've watched yeah. a bunch of these games. And oh, yeah. It, and it's like, holy shit, I just, you know, yeah. him just taking over games and, and, you know, just no look, baskets, passes, just just incredible. I mean, it, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Do you watch it too, Frank? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no. I'm out to get it, figure out how to – I'm sure it'll come out on something where I can grab it, but yeah. I need to get TV. I don't I, – I enjoy those kind of documentaries, uh-huh. right? I watched one on Brian Bosworth, not so much. That was one of the worst ones I've seen, but that was another iconic person in, in football player was brought Bosworth. Yeah, when he's he a freaking twin too. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, that's who, <laughs> you know, obviously he was a flop when he got into the NFL, but going through college and that's who everybody wanted to be was oh, when, yeah. were, when I was in high school and grade sure. school was yeah. Brian Bosworth, um, yeah. which is, you know, you think about that, that era or whatever, Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders. You know, Barry Sanders was huge. You watch highlight films of him before every game. Um, you know, but, you know, now it seems like it's, I don't say tainted, but some of it's tainted a bit more than it was back, you know, then in all in all sports, really. But, yeah. yeah. No, the game itself has changed, too. It's a slow down, yeah. you know, isolation game, and it's boring. Yeah. Really boring. I don't watch it now. Lander makes fun of me even with football because uh, I don't watch football either. And uh, 
he was giving me shit I, every time I somebody's playing. Like I didn't know the Broncos were in the Super Bowl once or in the playoffs, and really, like oh the games are tonight, and I'm like oh that's great. We were in Alberta. I'm like I don't uh-huh. give a fuck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's, we gonna watch it? But funnest part I had was Broderick watching Alabama play in his underwear. Walking down the hallway, going, "We're we're gonna kick some fucking ass, Frank!" And Broderick's in his underwear because Alabama was playing. Who they just played two years ago for the championship? LSU. They lose. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they were. It's almost fun to like root against your buddy when they're so invested into a team. Not to get me going, Amy. Right? Yell. She's the yeller at the TV. Or you know, Mm -hmm. you dropped the ball. You know, she knows fucking nothing about football. Right? Is it? (laughs) <laughs> Four-time All-State, played two different – I mean, I can play ball. I understand the game, understand defenses, understand offenses. She's screaming at the – no idea what's going on, right? But she she yells at the TV, yells at players. I'm like, I cannot fucking watch this with you. I said, you're taking what little fun I have of watching football out of it because you know nothing about the game. It's just occasionally something happens and you scream at someone and have no idea – and like – they're, they're her best friends, right? Come on, Bill. I'm like, do you know Bill? You know? You met Bill before? <laughs> it's like, and then, you know, you're screaming, and I'm like, oh, you put that much time and effort into getting that good. I'm sure he does suck. He made it into the NFL. He's pretty fucking good. I have noticed that women football fans call the players by their first names. Mm. Oh, have you that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Amy does. Yeah. I, I just, anytime you say somebody sucks that's playing in the NFL, it's probably not true because they did something to get there no one sucks that's playing in the nfl or the nba they, they're pretty good even if they don't play much they were better than 50 good. other guys doing the same thing at yeah. one point yeah exactly i mean they're doing pretty good that the athleticism which is i'm more intrigued by in some of those guys just some of those 300 pound linemen that can dunk that's just it, the athleticism scary is i can't even imagine being a quarterback in the nfl oh yeah and having some of those monsters chasing you every day oh yeah god yeah, it's, it is amazing. Athleticism in general, any any type is even golf. Right? Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, right? I mean, I, for, for you know, just him before. I don't know about now. Watching someone do something that's that good is pretty amazing. At whatever it is, another reason watch the Last Dance. That's just you know showing. It's just ten part highlight film of Jordan and everything he did. And, and yeah, it's just amazing what that guy could do with a basketball and off his feet. It's just Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I'll, have to, I'll have to watch it. But I watched uh, I watched this documentary last night called Breaking Two, and there was these um, marathon runners that are trying to break a marathon time in two hours. It's never been done before. Yeah. So Nike sponsored these three guys. One was from like Ethiopia, uh, one from from Kenya, and one was from this really small country in Africa. They're the best in the world. <clears throat> so they took them like six months ahead of time and and had these scientists. That's sprinting for two hours, right? Well, you have to you have to run in thirteen at least thirteen point one miles right. per hour for two hours. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> they had these scientists, the best scientists in the world for physiology and endurance and shit, and they trained them for six months. And uh, one guy almost got it. He got two hours twenty five seconds, fastest marathon oh, that's shit. ever been run. But it was kind of cool because <clears throat> these other guys are badass. But this one guy in particular, they couldn't quantify like his mental toughness. Yeah, because like he would get to. He had a certain VO2 max, and he would just, like, push beyond his limits, and but he still didn't get it. But yeah. it was f- crazy fast. And the craziest thing was is if he ran those miles one second faster the whole time, then he would have beat the t- the two-hour mark. That's amazing, isn't it? One second. <laughs> one second off each mile. It's fu- it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it is sprinting, though. Basically, 13 miles per hour, that's, fu- that's so fast. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, can, I you mean, run, uh, can you even run 13 miles an I, hour? I don't know. I'm not going to try. <laughs> I, I ran nine miles an hour on a treadmill once. I thought I was gonna, <laughs> holy shit, man. I'm like, I'm going to run as fast as I can. On this. I'm flash. Yeah. Yeah, again, I mean, some of that stuff, like, Seemed dangerous at the time. Yeah, no shit. Shoot off the back. Start doing yeah, push-ups like you meant to. 260-pound man running nine miles an hour on a treadmill going nowhere in a hurry. Can you imagine the noise of that in the gym when you were uh, running that? Boom, boom, like elephants coming at you like a stampede. Boom, it's boom, loud. Boom, boom. I'm a I, I'm a loud runner, so yeah, me too. I get going on that treadmill. I mean, people are like, what the fuck? Is a building coming down? Because <laughs> footprint hitting the, the treadmill. But, yeah, shit like that does amaze me as far as the athleticism or or, or – some of the, the world's strongest man competitions watching those is pretty, you know, crazy as far as what the human body can do. Yeah. But, well, that's pretty cool. You're going to be on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. 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 29th. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, I'm kind of curious what all he wants to talk about. I'm sure I mean, he'll make fun of me shooting a recurve quite a bit because he knows he's made it very clear that he thinks it's stupid. So I'm sure that'll come up. But uh, we'll, we have a big tournament on. I bet he's actually in awe of it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly impressive. Maybe you'll yeah. convert him. I doubt that. I am going to bring up the fact. I'm going to, you know, hey, what about you and Jocko's motivational speeches about test yourself? Does that only count for, you know, fuck a recurve? Don't test yourself there, but everything else you want to test yourself. But, I mean, it's true that um, there's a certain level. I say it's true. There is a certain level of testing yourself. Like, I'm all about fitness, but I'm not going to be running a marathon, right? And his he probably just, his level's at a compound. He doesn't want to go to a recurve it's all about you got to have fun while you're doing it but i think that um it'll be interesting conversation just because on the hunting side of things hasn't they really ever had anybody like me on there he's had donnie and cam and in uh green tree and guys you know guys yeah, he's like had that, remy but, warren I'd, yeah. I'd put remy is like probably the yeah. top notch hunter he's ever had on the show yeah yeah, cam, yeah remy's cam, a real deal yeah. cam and remy yeah so you know. we'll see yeah it'll be interesting conversation looking yeah. forward to it so not looking forward to going to california though i'm not gonna about that. Well, I hope you're flying into Burbank. I don't know where I'm flying into. Jamie got me the tickets. He's supposed yeah. to send them today. I'd so. be dumb not to fly to Burbank. Yeah. Smaller yeah. airport. Oh, so easy. Yeah. In and out of that thing in five minutes. You don't have to deal with the 405 and all that LA airport traffic bullshit. I've only landed so. in LA twice and it sucked both times. Equally better, bad. Well, you better talk to Jamie and make sure you're flying to Burbank. <laughs> there, there is no freaking reason at all you should not fly to Burbank. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he's in the valley too, That where their show is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got that. Let me pull up the address real quick hey, hey, <laughs> for our right. listeners. Hot tip, fly to Burbank if you're – so my wife, uh, Shelly, she lived in L.A. She worked in Hollywood. She was uh, – Woodland Hills. Sorry. Yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. The uh, studio. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. So I would assume you, you – he'll get you a Burbank ticket. But yeah. yeah, so I'm pretty familiar with that stuff. I grew up out in California when I was a kid. Just north of L.A., two hours north in Tatchby. So that's up there in Tahone Ranch, uh, big bull country. Interesting. Background noise Not just surfing. went away. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I I, uh, I got distracted by a text message that came through. That um, Have you ever been down there much? Where? Where with the, the Tejon area at yeah. all? Yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, teenager, we used to sneak around down there all the time and go look at elk and screw around. So just take our 22s and go. Shoot squirrels. Yeah. How much is a tag down there now? I'm guessing at least 25 grand. Yeah. I think yeah, it's got to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They've kind of thinned it out a little bit, but where I lived as a teenager was in Bear Valley Springs, mm -hmm. which is west of Tatchby, kind of right above Bakersfield on this mountain. 
And Bear Valley Springs is you know, kind of a uh, manufactured community area, you know, a bunch of three to five acre lots and, yeah. you know, rural little ranchettes and shit like that, if horse properties, but it backed up to the Tejon Ranch. Mm-hmm. And so we used to see these elk as kids and I never saw any giant ones, but I can't believe how big those freaking elk are in Bear Valley where I live now, yeah. where I live then. Then, yeah. Have you seen that video of uh, like six or eight giant bulls in a lake swimming? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Bear Valley. I used to fish at that lake when I was a kid. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, that's called, uh, what is that called? Cub Lake, I think. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah there's Cub Lake and elk. Four Island Lake, and I used to bass fish in those lakes when I was a kid. But yeah. Those, oh. And the biggest one in that bunch got hit by a car. In Bear Valley. Oh, shit. And so this bull, I, I figured he was like 460 to 480, just an absolute freaking monster. And so the state game warden came up and they took that elk and they buried it. They wouldn't cut the antlers off. They didn't want anybody to have them. So they buried the thing whole with these close to 500-inch set of antlers. Have you ever seen that video? It was on Facebook, too, about a big old giant bull laying in the middle of the road wounded. Yeah. That was one of those bulls from that. Whoa. No shit. Why wouldn't they taxidermy that thing and throw it in their office or something? Because yeah. it's California. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's no, that's no shit. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the answer. It's like yeah, do what liberal insanity even <laughs> When in did you move out game. of there? I moved out here to Colorado in 88. Okay. Yeah. So how, what, how old were you? I was 30. 21. Okay, I say I had been around. Like the John when I was born song in my Mike. 20. Rocky Mountain High. In, the, in my 22nd year. <laughs> in my 20 yeah was it pretty easy move for me yeah yeah as a freaking young dude with fit everything in a pickup yeah and drove up how long yeah. when did you become a fireman 92 yeah yeah so it, not too long after no I, I was 25 when i got hired on the probably fire, easier to get department. picked up back then it's no. pretty competitive it was really now. tough Even oh, that, back oh yeah then too yeah for sure yeah. yeah it is now i tried to get hired on denver for i don't know three four years and yeah the last time I took Denver's test, I got 112 out of 115 on their written, yeah. and I didn't make the top 100. Wow, Because uh, I didn't have any minority points, Yeah, and back then they were- You weren't gay? Yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah. No, no, no <laughs> Not inter- back then he wasn't. No intersectional qualls. <laughs> yeah. No shit. You pee in the right bathroom? No, no check boxes for Mike. I was, uh, I was surprised about how that works exactly, you know, when I got out of the army as far as the, um, the different things that- you know, raise you mm-hmm. up. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, wow, I, wow, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. I don't give a shit, whatever, right? But I was just like, whoa, I didn't understand like the, uh, you know, you can be as smart and hardworking and the best background if you have, but you still need some other boxes that you may not be able to check yeah. for certain reasons. So it's pretty wild. I've been doing it a while. I got two more years. Yeah. Just pulling the plug. Are you, so. are you going out? Are you heading to your Ridgeway? Yeah. 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 That'll be good. Yep. You're out of the oh. way from everybody out there too. It's less, less, yeah. less not as bad as Colorado well, or Denver, I mean. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to find a prettier place in Colorado than the north side of the San Juans, Ridge Ray, Uray, and Telluride. Yeah, and then it's uh, far enough from the Front Range; it's too far from weekend warriors to yeah. make it down there. So it's mm-hmm. it's five five and a half hours for sure if you're not yeah. screwing around to get there. So that's a bit long for weekend drive. So yeah, for sure. Well, we're looking at going fishing here in the next you know week, I guess, for three or four days and. We're trying to figure out how far we have to drive and hike in to get away from the majority of, you know, people, which is a pretty daunting task, anything yeah. within two hours of Denver. Uh, and people are 
freaking pent up and they're wanting to get out and do shit too. So there's going to be a flood of people in the mountains yeah. here pretty quick. Well, we'll do it. In the, we have a, thank God, I, I know his boss and we'll go during the middle of the week. Yeah. That helps. <laughs> yeah. But still, there's still a lot of people out in the middle of the week. But uh-huh. we're looking at a no-name lake, but it's about three miles of bushwhacking. We're not a little bit uncertain of the snow, so mm-hmm. we might wait a few, <laughs> few weeks to hit that one. Yeah, depends on the bushwhacking if it's north slope or South slope. South slope, yeah, it's south slope, but it's towards the bottom of a valley, so uh-huh. hard to say. But it's going to melt see. big time this week. Got yeah. 90s coming up, and yeah, temperatures are going up. So we'll see. Well, I guess if you see any post only balls deep Instagram uploads, you'll know we picked the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we still didn't uh, get into photography or photography, as you call it. Yeah, no shit. But, uh, we might have to hit that on a different one. Yeah. Besides that, if I do a one with you before TJ Perez, he's going to have a fucking heart attack because he's pestered me for like the last month for, to for get photography. Back on. Yeah, or we can do it at the same time. No, he probably knows a lot more than I do. I just hit the shutter button. I tell you what he does knows more probably now is uh, the new tech. That dude is, is on top of it as you can get mm-hmm. on gear and tech stuff and editing software. And I mean, speaking he, of new tech i just found an app that i guess you can uh photograph a slide with your phone mm-hmm. you hold the slide up to a lighted backdrop and it's supposed to have decent results so no shit. i've got a shit pot load of slides because that's all i used to take Back in the day yeah yeah but you know it's expensive to have them scanned and stuff so you might see a a surge of cool shit on my Instagram feed if it, if it works out. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've just got literally files and files of slides of big bucks and shit, so. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of tech, before we get off here, can you believe how far photography has come? Mm-hmm. It is insane. Um, I was, guys were asking me about getting the camera I have. I'm like, look, I'm thinking I may got a 58 megabyte photos. Per yeah. photo, 32 mega JPEG photos, like 32 megabyte JPEG photos. It's insane. There's people the right now doing. that are wondering what's slide film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's no shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Look crazy. it up. Google it. Yeah, yeah. no shit. We're not going to explain it right now. Fo- phones in general are pretty amazing. Oh, I got this new iPhone 11 S Max Turbo Thing XLR Super Magnum model. Flash. So it's freaking badass, man. I took a, we were in Hawaii back in, uh, November, or December, and I took a picture of this flower. I didn't notice at the time, but um, there's these little freaking green spider-looking ant things, aphids or something, and it took like a macro-quality photo of these things. And It's insane. And it's just amazing the quality of, you know, the range of light and, and color and everything that is on this new iPhone, so it's pretty badass. Just the slow-mo video and the time-lapse. I just, I have a little gorilla pod in all time-lapse setting up our camp and yeah. comes out amazing on the iphone you, for social media have so. you done the night photography with the new iphone yet Mm-mm. i haven't either i heard it it was actually pretty pretty, pretty decent yeah so yeah. well and that's know, that's the e- it's the easy button because you know i do well, i used to do more but a lot of night photos and I, guys will ask and i'm like that's not something you can really explain over the phone i can give you a base idea but you got to be there you got to know you know how much moonlight or yeah. you know what's illumination and I, I can guarantee you're technically a much better photographer than me because get, because get you've it, well you've got you've learned the equipment up and down and yeah. so there you absolutely have to do that and I I went from slide film to doing the digital I've, I've been fairly lazy with you know really learning my equipment like I should but you know I'd say the one the one tip I have for people is the composition is the biggest 
part of photography. And, uh, yeah, light, light is number two and subjects three, but your, your composition is the biggest factor and you do a great job with some of that stuff. And I like how much camp photography you guys do and, and, uh, it's really like some camp. pretty good content. I like camp photography. I can tell you, TJ knows more than you and I in a multiplier of four about tech. Cause I just kind of got to a point where I'm like, I've, I got this figured out and fuck it. I'm not going to go any farther. But the thing is, like Frank's got an insanely good eye for photography, um, you know, as far as composition. But it, it, to a point, actually, anytime Gladi- but, Gladi- but weak ankles. Like, yeah, weak <laughs> My agility sucks. <laughs> when Luke goes, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, we're making a list right now. I know, right? One fuck? comment. I'm just saying I've seen you fall a lot is all I'm saying. When Luke goes with us taking photos, he just follows Frank around and takes the exact same photo behind Frank that Frank just took. Uh-huh. Frank's always like, what the fuck, Luke? Come up with your own shit. There'll be an angle Frank's taking as soon as he walks off. There's Luke. Same angle, taking the same photo. <laughs> Which you, I would say that's fairly true, wouldn't you? My goat photos were hilarious because everything Frank was taking, Luke was following him around taking the same yeah. you know, photo. The thing, getting people to understand lighting you know, and, and yeah. working with well, that, that lighting. That, that picture that you posted, well, Two pictures on what was an Instagram of the dead the white deer. tail line. Yep, the deer. And we talked about that already, but you know, it was yeah. interesting to see what people chose. You know, some people oh, really yeah. liked the warm light. Yeah. And the composition was secondary, but for me the composition was the primary aspect of that one. And yeah. And lighting and number two. I take the I'll have to show I'll take whatever. I take those sometimes for a learning purpose for people. Because I have the same photo on the photo, the one I didn't like as much, uh-huh. and, and um, we, the star clusters behind her, the sun cluster. But I have that same photo, but I pivoted, got sun to my back, yeah. um, in the same type of mm-hmm. um, composition as the first photo, uh, it's to show people the different ways to go about it. And you know, there's certain times where I will cut the sunrise in half if I have if I can. St- star cluster the sun on a tree or something Mm -hmm. because you need it to to cut that sun but it doesn't matter trying to explain that to people there's 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 like you said there's big no-nos and they're no-nos about 99 percent of the time and there's that one percent of the time where sometimes you have to cheat that no-no and you know i i try to talk to people like leading lines they don't Mm -hmm. you know getting leading lines they don't understand yeah what that does yeah um for the photo because there'll be somebody be like man i love that photo they don't know why and i'm like well break it down right there's certain things about that photo that are in there that you just don't understand that are making you really enjoy it yeah and i'll, I'll just when you're talking about that it just reminds me of this uh picture i took down in ridgeway taking my dog for a walk and people look on my instagram they'll be able to see it but this is uh talk about leading leading, line, leading yeah. lines in a photo <laughs> yeah and, and you know i went back and forth on the road right there but, you know, there was an element to, it wasn't just stopping while I was walking and taking a picture. I yeah. put a little bit of thought into it. But that's a, you know, you look at the sky, the, you know, how everything's composed and uh, yeah. how things fill the frame. And that's what we're talking about as far as composition. Yeah, because I do it. There's sometimes I'll stop on the way like to Texas driving because they get some of that cool fog. Yeah. And, there's, and I'm not going to get run over. And I'll grab a, a fisheye or a super wide angle and I'll stop on the white line. Uh-huh. get real low and then I'll have this fog going over the, the highway and you know but that leading line is important and I've got six leading lines if you count fences on both sides the yellow yeah. the white and everything else and you've got and then you've got fog coming over and like man that's really eye-catching and it's like well there's a 
more to it than yeah. taking a photo. You ever like, stop and get out and like do like Instagram chick poses no. in the road? <laughs> no, that's pretty. <laughs> should there's a page for that on Instagram? It's called Influencers in the Wild, and it just makes fun of. Uh, oh really? Yeah, it, it makes fun of like people that people taking it's people taking pictures of influencers doing dumb shit. I saw. You the, should check that out. Influencers in the Wild. I saw the best photo I've seen all week. Yesterday on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would this, be something. This is, be on this is the best photo of the week, right there. Oh, that is epic. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you should send that to me. <laughs> I will. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I want you to know. Yeah. We're talking right now the best photo of the week. Uh, what is today? Six, twelve, eleven, eleven. Yeah. And uh, so Aaron's going to put this on his Instagram. I'll put it on. A, I'll put it on my story with it's, a vote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, that's no kidding. Yeah, there, so there is some stuff that comes across my plate that trying to not be because there's a difference between being a neg- negative and a hater and just being comical. Yeah, but some people have trouble with that, and there's a well because you know, it's it's hitting just a little chord with them personally, and so they think fuck he's talking about me. Yeah, well, and I'm like I'm just being funny, like yeah. you know I don't don't get because I've deleted a few things I've posted where I'm like. Man, people took that totally the wrong way. I yeah. thought it was comical, you know, but yeah. yeah so along those lines, I I put a post up once, uh, red vines or Twizzlers. Yeah, oh, yeah. And this guy got pissed because <laughs> apparently he was uh, giving licorice to a landowner out east for uh, permission to hunt, like as just a little thank you thank gift. You. Yeah. And he thought I was making fun of him with the the licorice oh, like somehow i knew about him doing this <laughs> and <laughs> like you put way no, too much just, into uh, that no twizzlers suck red vines are better i That's tell you the problem with it. red vines is i'll eat the whole fucking yeah container. they're too good oh my god yeah. oh we talked about this once <laughs> before we? didn't we i think we did because i tried twizzlers and they were okay but they're just it's not the same yeah you get those you know that they big, sell those tubs you had a bit of yeah, a yeah, oh you did a bit of a licorice kick recently didn't you well the problem is is it Turned into a bit more than a bit of a licorice <laughs> kick, and I was, you know, and Twizzlers just I was getting those to supplement. But the big bucket of red vines, yeah. if I had that in the vehicle, yeah. I, I'll eat that all day. I mean, yeah. I won't stop You're eating fucking it. Diabetic by the time you <laughs> <get> <laughs> <laughs> those red vines are just unbelievable, and you know, like I, especially those microwave are soft and they're usually fresh. I was going to say if you throw them for like ten seconds to get them a little softer, oh, it's like jamming a what is that? The bread, like a croissant. Yeah, you're says, like Arr! a freaking. <laughs> you're a red vine aficionado. Fuck, man! I tell you, it's it's not good. I, t- I haven't heard of anybody microwaving licorice. No. Getting them a little bit softer. <laughs> oh yeah, but I, yeah, some of the other things I've come up with. Uh, I had a giant bag of M and M's. We were on a on a sheep hunt, and I had um, the the pilot dropped off one of those uh, biscuit tubes. So I un- I opened the biscuit tube and stabbed it on a stick and just held it over the fire, and then it just turned into this giant you know, chunk of bread, and then we melted the M&Ms over the fire and dipped the bread into the, it was the fucking best meal That's I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because- So you're uh, talking about like those Pillsbury biscuits that- Oh, you, yeah. The, the croissant, not the biscuit, okay. the croissant. Wow. So I unwrapped it and I stuck it and molded it around the stick and I That's held it over. fucking MacGyver just, shit right there, pal. <sighs> oh, it turned into this like just happy orgasmic bowl of bread. And yeah. then I took and melted all the M&Ms, this giant bag down, and we were dipping that croissant. Uh-huh. It was for a sheep hunt. You couldn't get much better. But Probably the goofiest uh, thing I ever did on a sheep hunt was uh, I put Gatorade in uh, like 
Bob's Red Mill oat brand cereal, you know, like the heated oatmeal yeah, type yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I put lemon lime Gatorade in it. And, and I, thought, I thought at the time it tasted like lemon meringue oatmeal. <laughs> I thought, well, fuck, I'm going to have this when I get back home too. This is really good. I got home. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? This uh, stuff sucks. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what you come up with. Uh, what were you using? To, when you're starving? Yeah, when you're yeah. starving. Oh, yeah. we were taking the seasoning packets out of Top Ramen to season up the meat. Oh, that works actually. Yeah, 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 I've done that. Good. Yeah, that does work good. Yeah, I have you do what you've got to You've got to do, but yeah, I food wise, like I just eat too much food. I just eat a lot, you know. So I, for for me, you know, part of the this seminar I'm doing, or this talking about, you know, the difference between this pack and this pack. This one is thirty pounds, and this is fifty. This this fifty pound pack is is un, it's uncomfortable going in, but there's a lot of happiness in that extra twenty pounds. I know. I'm sure a few of the people listening to this are going to know this tip, but I'd say one of the hottest tips for backpacking food is a package of Top Ramen in a mountain house. Yeah, yeah. Hot rotting it up that way. That's so what better I, the potatoes, the Idahoan potatoes. Yeah, to add that to something. Yeah. You what probably I won't be able to take a poo, but yeah. What I've been doing <laughs> is um, Top Ramen with olive oil tuna, and then these these specific crackers all mixed together. It's a carb delight. But Amy was like. She's like, you know, doesn't not a lot of sodium or anyway. She's smelling it. She's like, let me try that. She's like, my god, that's good. And I'm like, I know, and it's like 1,400 calories. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> but it, you got to experiment with that though. But those crackers that we use with the top ramen, and then I put a big thing olive oil tuna. What kind in of crackers? Ah, oh, man, they're are they wheat? What? Mm, it's like a wheat. chip cracker. Yeah, I can't remember what the cheddar. Hell. Something yeah. they're they're good. Yeah, they're super good. I get them over at Vitamin. I actually get them on Amazon now because mm. they're cheaper. But I just I'll crunch the whole box in there. It doubles your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. Not that I give a shit. I just want to eat a bunch. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, I want to give a couple plugs if you don't mind. Okay. Lay it on. Okay. So Alex Nestor, How mm-hmm. Dad Hunting. Yeah. Hunt Nest on Instagram. He uh, the big ginger. invited me down there, and I know he's been on your podcast. So yeah, we just had. It. Yeah, so looking forward to that. But yeah, we had a great time. And if anybody's looking for one, you I know you've got your source for them, but Alex has got a great setup down there. So that and um, our new Viking armament rifles, you guys are going to, they're going to be on here with you tomorrow. Tomorrow, and, yep. So I'm really excited about mine. I, I'm going to take it on my sheep hunt and do that. And the other thing is, uh, if you're interested in what I have to say in my public land mule deer hunting experience through Western Hunter, um, .net, westernhunter.net, the book I co-wrote with David Long is for sale uh, through Western Hunter, and it's called The Edge, Complete Guide to Hunting Mountain Mule Deer. So it's got some really good stuff in it, and appreciate uh, people patronizing that if they're interested. So Is that the best? Can they get that from you or just from, from uh, Western I'm Hunter? I'm not going to deal with Don't shipping okay. books. I, I just have, that, I have that'll a save real you job. Some, can you get that, that thing on Audible? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. No. You can't. <laughs> we so it's a fucking it book. Yeah. It's not a report. Do you know someone that can read <laughs> yeah. it for us? Yeah. Oh, shit. No, that's cool. And we, no. we've, we've sent quite a few people the way to, towards that book, even though I wouldn't piss on David's teeth if his gums were on fire. I like I get to that. get people your way because it, it is a good I read it. Got a lot of info in there, so yeah. it's good. No, yeah. I, I can vouch for it. It's put a lot of effort into it so it's, it's worth getting especially for people who have not done it before so yeah shorten your learning curve some hot tips and and uh i think it's worth the money you spend 
No, so. no. For me to say go get the book should say something about it because I do not like David Long, and yeah. it's worth reading. It's a good book, so that should tell you something. Appreciate that, Aaron. Yeah, no, no problem. If I knew how to read, I would read it. Yeah. Well, he can read it too. Uh, okay, that'd be four best. That's 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 gay. <laughs> Story time. I'm not with reading Aaron. a book. Yeah, no kidding. Oh uh, shit. Well, cool. Well, man, we appreciate you getting on here. Yeah, been a hoot. Yeah, and all yeah. you subject matter enthusiasts, keep rocking. <laughs> keep taking pictures of yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Selfies are us. <laughs>